0: Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-Op Shop, your one-stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode.
1: This episode was previously recorded on the One Stop Co-Op Shop streamed YouTube channel. Hope you enjoy this review of Marvel Legendary Messiah Complex. Welcome to One Stop Co-Op Shop. This is Eve. I'm here with two special guests. Join me today. I have Bagel Top Games. How's it going, Bagel? Uh, pretty
0: good. How are you? Good. How you doing? That's... I'm doing okay. Just finished Yeah, uh, just finished a stream and ready to talk some Messiah Complex.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited for this. I've been waiting for this one to talk with you guys. And the other person, other special guest we have is legendary, legendary League's Jason's with us. Hey, Jason.
2: Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me.
1: Love to have you here. So, you guys are very active in the Legendary community. Um, Bagel Top, you're like streaming all the time in this game.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, I've, I do uh, three streams a week at this point, and it's uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of setup and cleanup, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and you only do legendaries, correct? I've not seen anything else on your channel. Like... No, so far I've only streamed games of legendary. I've had ideas for other board games or other video games, but this keeps me pretty busy, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying it.
1: Very cool. And Jason, you you're uh, got this little sneak peek in this game. You're one of the playtesters, right?
2: That is correct. Um, I actually designed the hero set for Hellcat way back in Revelations, Ooh. and I've been a playtester on the game ever since.
1: That is awesome. Yeah, Hellcat was a, some cool concept with that character. I like that one. That
0: was a fun one. Oh yeah, I second that. Uh, came up with some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Cool. Well, we're not going to dabble too much because we have a lot to talk about. Now, normally on
1: this channel, we'd like to do a top five, a top five things you'd like to know about a game, but... That format would not work whatsoever for this game. We're just going to dive in and talk about each and every aspect as we go along. But let's jump down to the table and talk about this. Okay, here we go. Okay, so what is Messiah Complex? Just a brief introduction. This is the 27th expansion for Marvel Legendary. That blew me away when I looked that up. Like 27, holy cow uh yeah marvel legend if not familiar we've got some streams here to, to go check out bagel top and actually uh jason's got some good stuff too for extra life as well some streams but uh, it's a marvel yeah, def- you
0: just did a game you just did a game where you combined uh what all four different kinds of legendary into one
2: yeah marvel mm-hmm. alien buffy and x-files
1: oh that's awesome
2: that was a stretch goal for extra life last year
1: that is amazing Yeah, is there like Bond is another one out there? Is that another one? Can can that combine? Probably could, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I actually saw a post today of somebody who combined Marvel, Buffy, and Bond together.
0: (laughs) I saw that. And I also, uh, the other day, I actually played uh, Big Trouble in Little China Legendary, which was interesting for me playing Marvel Legendary. So there's a a few different kinds out there. Definitely. Yeah, so this is a deck building game. Kind of
1: your standard deck building fare, but... uh, Excellent game. I love Marvel Legendary. This one, this expansion has 200 cards in it. It's considered one of their deluxe sets, I'd say. Eight heroes in this, uh, three masterminds, four villain groups, and two henchmen groups. In addition to that, they have four schemes and seven special sidekicks, which is a nice surprise. I normally get some sidekicks, but I always love seeing more stuff to the those decks. And three special bystanders. I won't go through all the details of what all that means, um, if you guys have questions in the chat, feel free to drop them, I'll can, but we'll walk through each of these card types in detail until you probably catch on pretty quick. Cool, let's jump into it. So I think the probably one of the more exciting things that happens with every expansion is the keywords. I always get excited to say, like, "Ooh, what's the new keywords <laughs> in this game? Because that's some new mechanics. So I kind of want to just dive into some of those. So um, let's start with one of the returning ones let's see let me turn that on real quick how about we do investigate that was <clears throat> that's one that was created uh i don't know what set that came out in actually was that a uh, and Noir, Noir? i believe Noir? yeah yeah
2: yeah it came back in dimensions as well
1: all oh, right yeah this one i like a lot it i'm not going to too much detail of this one but uh the nice thing is you get to look at the top two cards your deck for a card with a specific quality or aspect to it. And then you will draw them to your hand and reorganize the, any cards you did not draw into your hand in the top or bottom of your deck. Uh, but um, I'm always happy to see this one. In fact, one of the characters in this one, I think Warpath is the one that like really like leans into this keyword quite a bit. I had a lot of fun with him, but we'll get to that a little bit later, I think.
0: Yeah. I was really happy to see Investigate return. Um, it's one of my favorites. Any, any cards that uh, help you get more cards that you want faster is wonderful. Um, I've had a game the other day where I had a ton of different heroes with investigate and you could pretty much go through the entire deck Because one of the cool things about investigate is you look at the two cards And you can either send one or both to the bottom of the deck instead of the top Which is great for the rare times you can investigate the villain deck, but most of the time it's your deck But if you have a ton of investigate, you can just keep going through your entire deck If you have enough of that and uh, get the best cards out of it and have a great hand So it's a quick way to build an excellent hand Uh, all of a sudden
2: Yeah, investigate is one of my favorites. It's a fan favorite for a reason um, I I really like the fact that it's a little bit more interesting than just a card that says draw a card. Right. 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 Because you get to look at two, and it forces you to think about what you're putting in your deck when you have investigate effects. What are you, and then you play the odds sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like if it gives you a choice ahead of time, what are you more likely to hit? And I think that's a really interesting way uh to add a little bit of variety to that card draw staple that you have in deck building games
0: Uh, plus at the same time i'm sorry plus at the same time it also sets up the top of your deck if you choose to put it on top and there's a ton of mechanics that do something with the top of your deck and you may not know what that is unless you investigate and some of the hero sets in this set uh set that up perfectly but it works across a bunch of different heroes that that do that yeah it's a great point including hellcat i believe feast does that right feast is one of
1: the nasty ones that Will destroy the top oh, yeah. of your deck. So Investigate's awesome for that. Like, oh yeah, I'll put this one I don't care about on top. Nope, no big deal. <laughs> so,
0: I, I am a little notorious for KOing rares and feasting on them, so Investigate is kind of a godsend, <laughs> I so I don't... I avoid embarrassing myself again, because <laughs> I have feasted on a few rares. I also really like in Investigate that
1: you you get information, too. So even if you play Investigate card and you it flops, you don't get anything from it, you can technically just put them one or both back on top and play a different Investigate card. Maybe maybe you have the choice now because you, there's a known value and they can pull that into your hand so i i really like this keyword big fan seeing this one i'm always happy when it comes up in a,
0: an expansion and it's appropriate for x factor investigations i could be per, more perfect for that exactly exactly excellent anything else you guys want to say about
1: this one? we should keep going
2: uh, i'm ready to keep going
1: okay yeah, same here Got so much to talk about let's talk about the other one that was re was a uh, old keyword I... So we saw again, that was Chivalrous Duel. This one is interesting in that it appears on the baddies, uh, the villains, uh, maybe even a mastermind, but not in this set. Uh, At least a mastermind on this set. But but basically it says, in order to fight the enemy, all your fight power has to come from a single hero name. So it has to be just like, just Wolverine attacks him. Or just Hulk, or whoever, whoever's in that. You can't have Hulk and Wolverine combine their attacks and take him out. So these tend to have lower uh, fight values but it does provide additional challenge when deck building and when trying to face against these enemies you know are coming up in the deck
0: yeah it something just clicked with me yesterday uh when using a Duel, and jason can tell me if this is in, i'm sure it's intentional that um the the best uh counter to Chivalrous Duel is one we'll get into later is clone because clone gives you more cards with the same name which is great against Chivalrous Duel. so i didn't expect this keyword to come back in this set but it just the other day it, it realized it makes total sense to me and uh, i love that we get we had um and there's only one other villain group with a uh, silver i think queen's vengeance i think that's the only other one uh so it's nice to have a um uh, a, a different realm of silver of with uh with a uh, clan yashida
2: yeah i think the villains here put the keyword to really good use it's it's thematic with them uh We'll get into that villain group later, but I think the way that it's used in the set is good on the villains, and you're right. It works really well with Clone, particularly with uh, multiple man in particular,
1: yeah, definitely
0: I... and it's, it's, uh, it makes really uh, eventful situations it's, and I, I don't it's funny because I stream solo, but I do two-handed solo, but I do get the interaction of people watching. So whenever there's a big, strong chivalrous duel that prevents a big uh, a lot of attack that I could have had, it, you feel that and everybody feels that uh, as a group, and so it's it's fun for a multiplayer sort of situation.
1: It is, and the uh, one I play this game, I play this game co op with my wife a lot. Uh, this is probably our most—I mean, nearly positive. This is our most played game together, and uh, we tend to like it so that oh yeah, I'll buy mostly this hero and this other hero. So like this, there's, there's five heroes you can buy in a game, but we tend to like focus on one or two each, uh, and so it. It also aligns nicely to Chivalrous Duel, where we're trying to focus on. Oh, it's cool. It can yeah, Technically can buy a keywords across the whole board, but if I focus on a few, this was one, one keyword that benefits that type of strategy. But yeah, that's a cool one. Anything else, you guys, I say we'll keep going to the, the
0: new keywords. Um, I I do like like uh uh like we heard I uh, combining Chivalrous Duel with some extra restrictions, mm. like I believe what is it uh. It's not Gorgon, or they both have restrictions where not only do you have to use Chivalrous Stool, but uh, I think it, and we'll get into the details. But uh, one of them gives you uh, like a hidden witness kind of extra bystander that also has Chivalrous Stool. so it's like double Chivalrous Duel. Some of these you have to pick a hero name, and we'll get to that. But uh, I love how those are added to make it a little bit, little bit tougher.
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: Hey Ryan, welcome. Glad to
1: see you here. Excellent. Okay, let's get to new stuff. Since you've already mentioned it, Bagel, let's jump into the big one, and say, because this whole set, I think, is focused around it. Let's talk about clone.
2: Hmm.
1: So cloning is pretty straightforward. When you trigger the clone keyword, you will look at the headquarters and grab another copy of that exact card. Or if there's nothing in the headquarters, you will go through the deck and grab a copy of it. So it's a two-for-one deal, which is great. But, of course, it's not limited to just heroes. Villains can also get the clone, or henchmen, as well. So they can they can clone clone out of there. Actually, did I misspeak? Is there any villains with clone? I think it's just henchmen. Just henchmen. Uh,
2: yeah, Predator X.
1: Yeah. Oh, Predator X. Thank you. He's the one that has one. Thank you. Yep.
0: So yeah, go ahead, Bagel Top. I think you were going you were going down this path. Let's you dive into that's you okay. Clone. Um. So from from my perspective, I really do like clone. Um, It's definitely something that gets easier to do the more you play because there aren't a lot of cards in Legendary that have you search the deck. I believe, in fact, the first one happened just previously in Annihilation, if that's correct, with uh, Galactus and Stardust. That's right. Um, But uh, it doesn't happen that often until Clone, where it happens all the time. Um, I I heard some people voicing concerns that there was a lot of shuffling going on, but there's all these kind of cool tricks. Uh, Jason actually wrote up a post on BoardGameGeek that uh, gives some tips and tricks to make Clone pretty easy. Um, there's only one situation where it can take a little bit of time, and that's uh, so the heroes in this set we'll talk about later. They usually have distributions of cards, five of one common, five of another, three uncommon, and one rare. This changes that formula up, so there's two rares. And so when you clone a rare, you have to search the entire hero deck for a second rare. And that's probably the worst of the searching because it's one card out of many, especially at the beginning uh, of the game. But otherwise, it feels really natural, especially with the villain deck. Uh, It's fun to clone. It feels really good when you pull that off. Because uh, normally when you play legendary, you you get one of the card you're recruiting, and getting multiples just feels it just feels good. Even if it doesn't give you any more attack than it would have, it just feels right. Oh, I have the same card. I'm getting a lot of recruits this turn without spending a lot of recruit itself. So overall, I really do like it, and it uh, it feels very different, which is always nice for a game with this many expansions. Definitely.
2: Yeah, and and I think the point that you made there about getting that extra card is is really key. It's what clone is all about, right? um and so it was a really interesting keyword to watch get balanced in the game Hmm. because if you're getting an extra copy of the card for free how do you cost it Hmm. right how good does that card need to be or how bad does it need to be right do you need to raise its power level or lower it and watching those changes kind of happen during the development of the game was, was really interesting um so for like the cheap ones i feel like those heroes are costed pretty aggressively for their power level, but the expensive ones you want to make sure that you hit that trigger to clone them when you recruit them. Right? If you're paying five, you want to make sure you're getting a good deal for five.
1: That provided an interesting puzzle when playing the game, too. Where, like, oh, yeah, I could just buy him for five, but like, if I buy him, then I and I miss that trigger to get the clone, am I getting that value out of that card? Is it better for me to? You know, not spend all that recruit and make or make buy a cheaper card, or maybe nothing at all. I have I found that the interesting decision. Like ooh, because once it's in my hand, and or it depends on how it's triggered. As to say, um, you really like you said, you really want to focus on on having that clone of keyword
0: happen.
2: Yeah, From my way, perspective. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the way those cards are tuned really leans into that 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 very subtle decision space that you're. Not necessarily, all. You, you don't always get out of uh, some Legendary setups.
0: Yeah. definitely. And I felt like I, on top of this, and we'll get to more of that, I, this expansion I feel like has more choices than any other Legendary expansion I've played. Between this and Investigate we talked about, um, and uh, some more keywords coming up later, uh, and some of the enemies with them, there's so many different choices and turns you could take at every moment, which is a, saying something for Legendary, which also already has a ton of choices. And uh, Clone also feels like, um, if anybody's not familiar in the core set, the Spider-Man hero set, the way that hero works is by uh, having very cheap cards that draw other cards of the same cost. And Spider-Man has very low attacker recruit, and you just get a lot of them on multiple cards, except for uh, instead of one big number on one big card. And this feels like that, but it feels a bit better because you don't have to worry about other cards in the deck clogging it up because uh, Clone just searches the entire deck for what you need and you add up little amounts to get something big. So it, it feels better than a, than a core Spider-Man deck usually does, unless you have all Spider-Man. That's another, that's another story. <laughs> but, <laughs> all all that's Spider-Man's great, though. Yeah, Spider-Man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'll get back to
1: the point you made earlier about the, about searching through the deck, because I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to shuffle the deck. It's, it's a pain to search through it. And we experienced that on the stream. It's two of us. so It's a lot easier to hit. Like, oh, yeah, as I'm playing my turn, why don't you go look in the deck real quick find the card? Really, it's a non-issue in that opinion. In that sets mm-hmm. up but with the tips that uh, jason wrote up and big old you mentioned me it made it pretty easy like if if you do some card counting like oh yeah there's one rare in the deck or sorry two rares let's say. so you clone for that second rare where after, if you ever would ever trigger the clone effect again you already know you have the other rare you don't have to search through the decks no big deal um and then there was also i'm gonna call out one of the the henchmen specifically we'll mention more in detail but it, it calls it to put it on the bottom of the villain deck which is great because yeah. that way i don't that was a search- genius move well, it's just a, it made it so much easier. Oh yeah, it's on bomb deck. I'll just grab that copy and put it in play. No big deal. So like, there's there's some really nice ways to, to alleviate that need to
0: search through the deck.
2: Yeah, that was an intentional decision that was there from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, I okay. even with that one, yeah, even with uh, even uh, other other versions. Like if you uh, like when you clone a hero, you search the HQ first. so You don't have to search the the hero deck if there's already one there. Right. Um, I and I did. I took your tip and I liked uh, for other cards that clone that aren't the uh, the Sentinels, for example. Uh, I just look at the top card of the villain deck just to see if I got lucky or the top card of the hero deck to see if I get lucky. And that way I don't have to shuffle. So that, that's kind of fun. Uh, and, and you can avoid a shuffle that way too. For sure.
1: Yeah, this one I really liked. I don't know what you guys think uh, about this keyword. I thought it was well implemented.
0: There's one keyword I like better, but clone is very, very good. I yeah. agree. It's not my favorite keyword either. I agree with that. All right, let's keep moving. I don't know how you do a multiple man set, by the way, without having something like this. i don't get more <laughs> into that later, but but yeah
1: yeah i was curious about it too i i was wondering if they were trying to like just put a bunch of them in copies of multiple man in like the sidekick deck for example.
0: that's what i was thinking originally when this first was announced i'm like are they gonna are all the sidekicks gonna be multiple man right but i like that that didn't happen because he can have his own hero set and we get different sidekicks Agreed. i hear people speculating about maybe can a spider-man expansion have clone because that's the other place where a lot of clones happen yeah maybe i there's a lot of things you could think about but that's cool. who knows cool Let's move on to the next one Let's talk about shatter shatters. So this was
1: pretty straightforward. Whenever you trigger the shatter keyword, you have the value. So there's some pretty beefy villains in this one with a huge attack cost, and there's one mastermind with a huge attack cost. We'll get to that later.
0: But the nice thing is, if you trigger the shatter effect, you whatever that value is, you reduce it by half. Yeah, this is my favorite keyword in the set. I want to hear about the development of this one a little bit.
2: Um, I can, I can, I'll share one one story that was. Pretty funny. Um, so the point in there in the middle about shattering the mastermind that only lasts for one fight right. That was not originally there. Hmm. And so I um, I was playing a game where I was fighting Exodus mm-hmm. and I shattered him down from 32 to two And I spent eight attack and I won the game
1: <laughs> and, I was, wow.
2: <laughs> and I said that was really anticlimactic, <laughs> And Devin agreed and uh, then we, he added this bullet point to the rules. <laughs> that was a smart play. Yeah, because I,
1: I came across the exact situation. Like,
0: oh, I knocked him down pretty low. I can probably take him. Oh, nope. It's only one round. Like, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's great. Up.
0: It feels more like Galactus with Cosmic Threat where you can't do it more than once. So but he feels that strong. Exactly. I like that. Exactly. That happened. But uh, it's, it's such a simple keyword. Like, cut the attack in half. Couldn't be simpler, right? Um, but... It, it's done so well in, in the uh, the uh, villain group that has it. Again, there's more choices you need to make. And uh, I fought, I tried uh, fighting Exodus and Epic Exodus, which we'll get to. And uh, it makes you really want to get a lot of recruit, but then you need to also, also have a lot of attack. And so the balance is difficult to achieve. Right. But again, it's very simple. And it provides interesting moves with, with turn order. Because if you want to lower the villain or mastermind's attack to the right level... Do you do other effects that lower its attack before you shatter it, or do you shatter it first and then lower its attack because half of one number is going to be half of a different number? Uh, half of a different number. Uh, so I love the layers of how your turn should play out when you have a shatter to do. I also like there were different triggers for the shatter too, and
1: like some of them were like, "Oh yeah, just pay some pay some recruit to do it." In other words were like, "Oh yeah." draw less cards like that's cool now i've got this other decision making. how many how often do i do this and it was it's nice that it's not limited too it's a really like you said the uh, uh, bagel like there's a lot of decisions and choices in this
0: version of uh, this this expansion for sure yeah for sure do you know what came first jason a uh, shatter the keyword or shatter star included in the expansion
2: um they were all there in the first draft
0: oh, gotcha so we don't know yeah i'm just i, was just no,
2: curious I, I think that's an interesting question um so from From my point of view, uh, I think shatter is it's a really interesting keyword to evaluate on a card because the 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 effect, the size of the effect you get is going to vary drastically depending on the board state, right? So like shattering a villain, well, if there's only a henchman on the board, okay, you you just took him down by one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but if you have uh, an effect to shatter a mastermind, that's probably at least four attack that's equivalent to about four putting four attack on the card or depending on the mastermind it might be six or seven which is incredible um and depending on the villain group you have that same sort of swing right whether you're fighting celestials and they're 14 attack or uh vulture with like six or whatever he has right Figuring out how valuable Shatter is at any given moment or for your particular, particular game setup can really change how you look at that keyword from game to game.
1: It, it also provides a new, new tool in your arsenal when going against different variants in the game. Like, I, I always like playing with growing threat, which is every time you take out a tactics uh, tactic card, the mastermind gets a little bit stronger. And so that's gonna change the math for the Shatter and sometimes when you play with that, and maybe even boost up again with some other variants, like hey, just give them plus three additional attacks or additional challenge, or whatever you want to do there. That this provides a bigger, like you said, a bigger boom for taking down those those big guys.
0: And uh, there's a couple specific situations I really like Shatter for. One in this expansion, it's great against Chivalrous Duel because it, if you cut any of those attacks in half, it's easier to get the attack from one hero name to fight a villain with Chivalrous Duel. And the second thing is. This kind of reminds me a little bit of Piercing Energy from the X-Men expansion where you can get a special kind of attack value and you can attack the villain's victory point value instead of their attack, which is kind of an alternate way to hit them. And you're still using an attack with Shatter, but uh, you're not doing direct damage. You're just kind of lowering their damage. And for villains that uh, become heroes, they don't have a victory point value. And there are some villains that the entire, almost the entire villain group is that way, and you can't use Piercing Energy on them at all because they have no victory point value other things like the infinity gems villain group from guardians of the galaxy but shatter will work on those so that's another new twist where you can come back to a setup where i really wanted to pierce these or find an alternate way to hit them and uh, you use a hero with shatter that'll work so uh, from a randomizer perspective that was cool for me yeah
2: it blends in with other with other cards a lot more seamlessly than piercing energy does and sure. it also doesn't completely break the game in certain situations the way that Piercing Energy does.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you kick around this whole effect. Cool, let me do Piercing Energy, right? Yeah, so, yeah,
2: for sure. Okay, let's keep moving.
1: Let's move on to the another new one. Let's talk about Tactical Formation. So this one is pretty straightforward. Uh, tactical Formation, to have a series of numbers after it. And the goal is you must have these numbers in in your possession, meaning you don't have to have them played. You can be in play, can can be in hand, doesn't matter. Just basically reveal them and show I've got 4, 4, and 5, and then I get what the effect is. Pretty sure 4, but I did like what this added to the game quite a bit. It added a lot of tactical play to it, which is very fitting for the name.
2: Yeah, it, it's really going to, it's another one of these things, it's really going to impact what you recruit and how. Definitely. Right? So last night I was playing a game with Strong Guy and Warpath and uh, Stepford Cuckoos, very heavily focused on tactical formation this was something that that definitely changed a lot trying to find the balance of like how easy are these things actually going to be, be to trigger right um, because those numbers on those cards relate to what you've been able to buy so when you see a formation like four four five, that's not quite as easy to pull off as you might think it is And it also comes down to what are the heroes in the, in the deck that make up those costs, right? So is five, uh, for instance, on strong guy from where that card comes from, he's got a five on a common. So that makes that ability a little bit easier to, to hit. So there's a lot of stuff that went into trying to find the right balance for how these formations trigger.
1: I really like how this branches outside of this expansion itself. Like you can have that formation and make it work with any set out there. It obviously some, like you said, you really kind of have to know what the contents of the deck and kind of know what's available to you to, to aim for it. But I liked how easy it was to really make that cooperate nicely.
0: Yeah. I felt uh, there's another keyword called spectrum that you need three different hero classes, three different colors. Right. And I think this one was for, to me, a little bit easier to trigger. Because you may, you're may, you probably going to have a wider variety or, or, of costs in your hero deck than you are classes, depending on what happens. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, at least that was my experience. And uh, with uh, some of the tactical formations, like with Sephard Cuckoos, they have two and three involved in theirs. And the support cards you can recruit at any time are Shield Officers, which cost three, and Sidekicks, which cost two. So you can use those and that one feels like, uh, Oh, I'm going to, if I'm going for tactical formation, I can change my strategy and get a lot of support cards because I really want to trigger those. If I can't get the source cards. Um, and then with the uh, four fives, you can kind of get a feel for it. At some point you have to feel like, all right, am I going to go for this or not? Because if it fails, I'm really going to mess myself up if I'm not going to see a five cost card at all. And it does mix with other, uh, other uh, mechanics like worthy from Heroes of Asgard. That makes you uh, need five cost cards or more, but uh it It feels very natural to trigger, especially because the card that has tactical formation counts towards one of the numbers on tactical formation so uh, i'm I'm happy about that that makes it feel and you only need like one or two other cards were there a uh, question for Jason, I think you mentioned this before. were there any cards that had more than uh, three numbers for tactical formation in testing?
2: uh yeah, in that first version when, when we weren't quite sure how how the numbers were really gonna work there there was one. I think it was Warpath's Rare, that, w- that had something like Tactical Formation 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm watching Steve register this.
1: <laughs> <I> know, like, <laughs> how did I pull that off?
2: <laughs> I mean, and I think I, I think I may have pulled it off once or twice. I don't even remember what the effect was. But I just remember that long string of numbers. And it was kind of like crystals common from Realm of Kings, where play all the colors, you get a big bonus kind of right, thing. Right. Yeah. And it was that same kind of feeling of, Yes, I got it. But it's not going to happen very often. That did uh, not last yeah, long.
0: I, I can imagine. I, I, love, I love the theming and the name. So one of the things I love about Legendary is obviously the, uh, the mechanics are wonderful. So I keep coming back in the, in the random elements. But there's plenty of flavor too. Mm-hmm. And tactical formation makes sense because uh, I've, been, I've been reading a uh, reading order of the comics and in X-Factor Investigations. They really do work well together as a team. And I'd love to see this keyword come back. You you think of, you think of shield, you think of Captain America, all the environments where you could see tactical formation working as flavor. So there's so much potential for this to come back in some form somewhere. And I do like that as well, aside from the game mechanics. Mm, Definitely.
1: Yeah, this one I liked a lot. This was a a big one for me. I'd love to see, I would love to see more of this in the future. Uh, Let me keep moving. Let's go to another, we've only got one, one and a half, maybe two keywords left. Let's go to uh, Prey. This one doesn't appear on any hero cards, but it's on the baddies, bad guys cards. So this one says when a prey a happens, uh, generally from an ambush effect when they reveal, uh, you will look at the player's hands and look for a condition, so who has the fewest cards of a given type, and then that enemy will then move, in, move into the play area of that player. And how it works is at the end of that player's turn, uh, that player's turn, not, not the current turn, but that player's turn, uh, if that enemy is still in play, you will resolve the finish prey, finish the prey ability, which is always bad. But uh, the other players can still attack this enemy while it's in front of anybody, which is nice. And so this one added a little, added a another time pressure to the game. And this this one is my I was probably this the one that's my favorite keyword in the in the set. I really
0: really like what this did to the game. I like what it does a lot, but I have a different perspective on it because I play solo. Mm. And because I play solo, it's one of the weaker keywords for me. I really like it. And I think it's really clever to have them target players, mm-hmm. but because whether I'm playing solo or two-handed solo, I'm the only player and uh, it doesn't feel as good as I know it would if I was playing multiplayer, because you have different people making decisions. And I like that aspect because there's not too much of that in legendary In something like uh legendary alien encounters. And also in Spider-Man homecoming, you have a mechanic called coordinate right. where you can discard one of your cards to let another player uh, play that copy of that card, which again, for solo purposes, is not my favorite, but is really great for
2: for multiplayer.
0: But I, I do like how inventive what it does, uh, how inventive it is in what it does.
2: Yeah, you mentioned alien encounters, and this immediately reminded me of uh, the facehuggers mm-hmm. in alien encounters, right? So in in the alien game, basically a, a facehugger will uh, it's an enemy, and it will literally come in front of you. And if someone does not kill it by the end of your turn, or I think I think you have an extra full turn around the table, or something like that, um, if they don't kill it, then it goes into your deck. And if you draw it, you're dead, right? It added that same kind of time pressure. Now, Prey is much nicer to the players. It is.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it does this really interesting thing where just putting the villain in front of you, instead of Leaving it in the sewers where it enters the city, you put it in front of you and it creates this, it can create this very powerful emotional reaction of like, this is something personal, Yes, right? This thing is going to hurt me. It's not going to hurt anybody else at the table. It's coming after me. Please help me. (laughs) I only have two attack in my hand.
0: (laughs) I did feel that like playing solo. I, I even did feel that when it comes to the mastermind with Prey. Because mm-hmm. that's a lot more critical. The the villains, though I, I get that the effects are a little weaker. And uh, that makes sense. And I haven't played this multiplayer yet. But I, I'll even admit the Mastermind does give that pressure. That it does feel... Something changes in your head. Like, oh no, I'm being targeted. Even if I'm the other hand too. <laughs> I have to take care of this.
1: Yeah, and I think that's... Because uh, I played this co-op. And this is the, the key that really stood out for me. For the reasons we were leading towards earlier. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: Prey comes out and... And sometimes you don't have a choice who goes in front of it, but sometimes you do. Maybe you don't have the specific cards, and then you make the choice, or maybe you're tied. And trying to decide, ooh, can I take it? If I take it, I'm I might get hit, but can you save me? Oh, you can't save me, crap. Then maybe I'll, I'll look at my hand, and try to figure out, can, can I can I manage this? Can I handle this this card in front of me? And it makes it very personal. Like maybe maybe uh, my wife has the better deck; she's doing great, and maybe I'm struggling. So maybe I'll take the if I can take the prey. And if I had to get a negative effect, then that's fine. I'd rather have a negative effect and not hit her, so that she can still uh, go go deal with the the bigger threats out there potentially. But yeah, the fact that like this engages us and, it, and add adds that that level of communication and cooperation on the table. Like, oh, that guy's in front of you. Ooh, let's see. Can I can I help you out with that situation? And it I it, I really like what that added to the game for sure.
2: Yeah, we I I was able to play uh some three player games Mm -hmm. uh during playtesting and when when those enemies came up that was always a lot of fun Mm -hmm. right to be able to figure out okay it's a tie who's going to take it how much time do we have to take care of this thing exactly
1: yeah it was really i when i first heard about this i'm like oh that sounds really cool but when i sat down and played it i loved this one this was an awesome keyword
0: if i if i bring this expansion to play with friends i'm going to make sure prey is a part of it to really pull them into <laughs> it because I can see yeah very multiplayer vaulting player friendly definitely uh, friendly in quotes friendly in quotes <laughs> exactly you had this evil thing in front of you no i don't
1: want it yeah exactly <laughs> so, okay i'll get into the the last one i'll mention on here is the veil and unveiled schemes and i'm just going to mention here i think we're going to talk about more detail when we look at the schemes but this was really cool concept. So how it works is in the game, generally in legendary you have to get the scheme that tells you how the bad guy's going to win. Kind of it sets the stage of the whole game. In my how I describe it, but in this one the scheme cards are double sided, and so the first side is the veiled side, and it has uh, the setup instructions, and it kind of at some point will say, hey, by the way, after a number of twists happen, flip the card or, or take all your unveiled. Or sorry. Take all your yeah, take all your unveiled schemes, shuffle them together, and reveal one randomly on the other side. And so it provides this like two phases of the game where the first phase like okay something's happening, I see the bad guys doing something, and when the triggers, I don't really know what the end result's going to be, and it's kind of a surprise to flip it over and see what happens on the other other end, and that's going to tell you exactly what you need to worry about at this point so that the the bad guys will win the game. But yeah. This one is really, this one is really surprised, a really cool, cool one. But I think um, I'm going to say a few things, and we'll jump to it when we get to the schemes. I think
0: it was fun to discover when it was revealed because it, uh, I saw the reaction; it blew everybody's mind because it's uh, yeah. such a, uh, it, it breaks the rules of legendary a little bit, um, <laughs> because you don't expect the scheme to change, but here it does, yep. and uh, it's a, lo- it's a lot of fun. I definitely want to hear more uh, <laughs> insight from Jason about it, but uh, I do like how none of them are timer schemes. A timer scheme in Legendary is one where after a certain number of twists, evil wins. And a lot of people are down on those because there's nothing you can really do about it just when you go far enough into the deck. Um, I don't mind them that much personally, but there aren't any here. Uh, But you don't know what the condition is at the end. So you can pass it, but you have to make sure that you don't do enough to uh, affect (laughs) how many scheme twists are stacked up to affect it later. Uh,
2: You mentioned before that one of the things that this set does is give you a lot of choices. Yeah. From my perspective, I see lots of uh, assumptions about how the game is about how the game has worked for 26 expansions thrown out the window, right? You have schemes that that flip over and turn into something that you don't know. You have uh, hero decks that are no longer five, five, three, one. You've got enemies that come directly in front of a player. And it takes a lot of those things that you've taken for granted for so long, right? And and twist them in a way that just didn't see coming. Um, I remember when the blog posts were coming out with the previews and the final one with the schemes hadn't come out yet, but everyone was just ready for the release. And, And I kept saying, no, no, no. You're not ready yet. It's not, you're, you're not
0: done. Yeah, I remember, I remember you saying that, I'm like, what what could possibly be next? It's just <laughs> schemes left. Right, right. <laughs> um, I, I do have a minor criticism, but it's not really a criticism because this is the way the schemes work. They do share a lot of similarities because if you don't have those, I, I, I assume, if you don't have these similarities with the schemes, they won't work because you have to be able to transition them in a way where any scheme can be unveiled into any other scheme. So they all have that in common where they stack twist after the mastermind. Um they usually have a condition at the end where the hero or villain deck runs out plus something else. But with the amount of schemes in legendary, even though these don't really fundamentally change the game in any significant way, uh, it's totally fine because there's so many other schemes available. But they do have those things in common. I definitely it's just just very minor, but it's not a big deal. Uh, my favorite ones are those, by the way, I don't know if we're gonna go in depth in the different ones, is uh, My favorite uh, unveiled ones, there's one, uh, the evil clone scheme, where you get to play heroes as villains. I love when that ever happens. (laughs) And then temporal rifts where you mess with the villain deck. Those are really fun. The little twists on them and all these little different things that can happen. And we just talked about Prey. When you combine something like Prey with something like the Veiled Schemes, a lot of surprises happening and uh, and sudden crises happening. So I could, this is also fun for solo, but I can see this being very fun for, for multiplayer as well. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I have a comment from uh, the Evil Weevil mentioned, yeah, this is the last keywords. like, yeah, it makes me super excited for Dr. Strange. It's nice to see they have some creative juices still in the tank, which is very true. I am constantly impressed with uh, where this uh, game goes with its uh, with that design space. I feel like, oh, yeah, design space, especially in the course, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a very simple game. It's not much to do it. And the design space has cur- or has continuously just pushed the boundaries of what, what you can do in that concept. That is all the keywords. That, was a, <laughs> that took a lot longer than I uh, expected. Let's jump into the, some of the fun stuff. Let's talk about some heroes. What hero do you guys want to talk about first? Uh, whatever you want, go for it. I have
0: I have something to say about each one.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's pick. Uh, since we talked about Sh- mentioned Shatterstar in earlier, let's talk about Shatterstar himself. So, you throw his ultimate on there real quick, so if you can talk talk about look at what we're doing here. So X Force, and he has uh, he's one of the guys that does work on clone, and so he has different uh has that different distribution. So if you're familiar with legendary, you tend to have. Uh, two common cards, one uncommon and one rare. Or sorry, two two common types of cards, each with five. Yes, five each, and then an uncommon with co- quantity of three and a single rare. But now you've got four, four, two, and four, 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 and two. Thank you,
0: four, 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 four and two. Thank you. Yeah. So, just so I, um, well, when the preview came out for this, they only showed, I believe, Shatter Star's rare which not only you could tell by the border, there's no border on a rare card, right. but it also had clone on it. And clone means find another copy of this card. So I was wondering what the heck is going on. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm glad that in uh, the reveal, uh, clone is always fun. I had a lot of fun using Star. I played a good amount of games with him. Um, I like him better than, well, than M's hero set, which we'll get to. It's really easy to clone with himself. His two commons are the same class. So it's easy to trigger those. And uh, one of his cards references a different class and i enjoy when that happens because uh that works with other heroes you can make sure you get the the two correct classes which comes up and uh i believe his his rare is the one where you can shatter the mastermind that's correct that's a big deal and it's easier to pull off than i thought if you build your deck properly and uh, if you have two of his rares and the triggers you can shatter the mastermind twice which is a big deal so i have a lot of fun uh i don't quite want to call him a glass cannon but uh, he hits hard if you set things up just right. And I, I do like that feeling.
2: Yeah. Um, his his rare is amazing. Uh, it got toned down a little bit at the end, I think. Um, it got
0: toned down? Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs>
2: did. <laughs> um, but um, actually, if you can put his uh, recruit common... Back yeah, up there. Like up there. this is one of my favorite cards, actually. Is it the this one here? The the uh, one that
0: gives backs to recruit? Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh not the Blades. Oh, sorry, um, the
0: Strife. This one? The one that gives recruit. Right okay. the Strive for Greatness? Yeah.
2: Yeah, there we go. Um, so on its face, this is a this is a great card, right? It's I mean it's it's an just if you have two recruit, three cost, that's that's a shield agent with a class, mm-hmm. but then you can clone it. That's pretty good. But then it's got this ability that says, oh, by the way, here's two bonus recruit to recruit all of his other cards or any other really good card. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. amazing card. Always try. To, I, I, I would always try to clone it. But even if I can't, I'll still go for it. Right. Um, because it can give you an incredible ramp in that early game.
0: And I can't tell you how many times I'm playing Legendary and there's just a rare just sitting there in the HQ because I just, for whatever, whatever reason, I'm short one or I just cannot get the Recruit. And this is a great card to counter that because this is perfect for targeting those rares. And oh, here's the extra, if you get two of these, that's eight Recruit right there. If you can trigger it, uh, trigger the first one and uh, get those out of the HQ. So I, I do like this one a lot.
1: Yeah, that yeah. cost to um, benefit value ratio of this card is incredible for for the three costs, like easy Easy three costs.
0: And, yeah. yeah, cards like this um, that are basically... They have the same skeleton as a shield officer. It costs three and gives you two recruit base. But it does a little more than your standard shield officer. So I'm always going to go for that instead of the officer if I have Definitely. the choice. Definitely. Yeah.
2: So speaking of the cost-to-benefit ratio, right? Um, if we take a look at Gladiator Blades. So this is a pretty similar card to uh, uh, Wolverine's Uncommon, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Two attack, five cost, it's got a trigger, but this is only going to give you one card, right? And so this is where some of that some of that balancing comes into play with clone. If we give you two copies, is it worth it, right? Like, does this feel like a good value for five? And I feel like sometimes yes, sometimes no, right? Depending on, on where my deck is going at the time.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like, this one was a tricky one where it was like, I... I mean drawing cards always great you no know? it's a free two attack so i'll tend to like generally always go for these ones but five only two it's it's still it's it's a tough one right but if you can trigger that clone then it becomes then it becomes more much more viable so i felt like that was true for a lot of the clone cards in this game where they were costed they were higher costed than i would normally expect but that it made up for the, the clone effect
0: and then uh with his uh uh, third common bioelectric surge that has tactical formation 5 5. So, this is one that uh, if you have one gladiator blades, one bioelectric surge, if you weren't able to, to trigger that, and that's one keyword we didn't really talk about when recruited, mm-hmm. uh, came back from uh Realm of Kings, which I think is only associated with clone in this expansion, but that also feels really good. I really enjoyed when recruited, and when we get to Stepford Cuckoos, that's a big one. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but with, with, these, with these, it's also nice because uh, if you just get one of these, I you already have a trigger to clone the rest of them, but all these uh, Shadow Stars hero set, I think more than a lot of them acts like little puzzle pieces that when you put them all together, it just works so well. Definitely cool. Let's keep going. Let's uh, since you mentioned uh, Stefford Cuckoos,
1: let's talk about them. Talk about their one recruit. Let's start oh, with um, let's start with probably the the simpler one maybe. No, no. Stuff shared dots. Talk about that one.
0: <laughs> When, uh, when I heard, heard about these, um, I, I had a thought that they might when we were early speculating who could be in this. I thought they, they might be possible. I did not expect them to be my favorite hero in this expansion. Whoa. But they are. Okay. They are my favorite. Wow. I like a lot of them. But just the, the, the fact that every single card has no conditions needed when recruited clone. Yes. Even if the attack and uh, there's no recruiting in any of them. Even mm-hmm. if the attack is a little bit less than other cards. Early game, getting a bunch of these in the HQ is a godsend because all of a sudden you have like six, eight Stepford Cuckoo's cards in your decks and the first couple of turns. And that offsets some of the KO power you may or may not get from the henchmen that you're fighting. One of these henchmen doesn't have any KO power in the set. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I I have a lot more to say about it, but I want to (laughs) hear, I want to hear about the development of this, but they're my favorite hands down.
2: I'm trying to remember what, how, how much changed with these. Um, I think that they kind of went up and down a little bit, um, just through like gradual tuning. Um, they were even better than they are right now, if you can imagine it. But their rare is mm-hmm. probably my favorite. Although I do really love this that that car being able to investigate for an attack oh, yeah. is. is especially since
0: their hero set, cuz all the, every every single one has an attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But it, yeah. it can also just pull somebody that has more muscle than they do. Definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. Um but this rare is crazy because when I realized and <laughs> and I had to ask Devin during the during the playtesting, wait, so if I play both of these and fight the top card of the villain deck, does that mean I get to put two bystanders there? And he said, "Yeah, I guess it does." <laughs> Okay, um, so then this became probably my favorite rare in the set. That's um, this is
0: the only card, therefore, that can actually make the villain deck bigger, right? Right.
2: If you have uh, both of them,
0: exactly. I know you can replace I, them with a lot like a, like Silor, but Silor doesn't add yeah. extra cards. Right. He just replaces. Yeah. Um, this one, if you have both of them, you make the game last a little longer. Yes. Which is incredible for especially schemes outside of the set with timer schemes um mm-hmm. avoiding those a little bit farther but uh also uh just in general so you don't draw the game i did this a couple of times and uh my first turn um i got two of these very first turn oh wow the rare came up it only cost three it has one recruited clone immediately cloned it they're already in my deck so thin your deck enough with other things and uh, you can really extend the game. that that's that's almost unheard of <laughs> but it's really neat
1: this was this is probably my favorite rare too because of the point you mentioned, like being able to remove that card and replace it with a bystander. It, I mean, even if you don't add an extra bystander in the deck, like you, you mentioned, just having an extra bystander in there is a a break in the battle, right? And having mm-hmm. having a, a reprieve to to what's going on. I found that to be so so powerful for such a low cost
0: rare. Really big fan of this one. Yeah. And she, did, she doesn't even shuffle the villain deck. So if you put two bystanders there, that's basically two free turns of, of no threat, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. Um, also, like I mentioned before, all her tactical formation, all their tactical formations are two and three. So you can get officers and sidekicks if you're running out of, if there's no stepper Cuckoo showing up in the HQ, if you really want to trigger those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all around super versatile and uh, very early game friendly.
2: Yeah. The numbers on this card, the formation 223, uh, is that's actually a reference to the fact that her other cards cost 2, 2, and 3.
1: Oh, sure. Uh, the other one I was kind of interested to um, this uh, Fine Mutants with Cere- Cerebro was kind of, I thought it was a uh, cool thematic win because um, you're investigating the psychic stack, which I think this is the only way to do that. I'm not sure that's, that's there's another ability in the game. Um, but finding those special sidekicks was really cool and it made sense with Cerebro. Like, oh, Those new mutants I just got, let me find a specific one to add to my deck. It was very, very fun to pull off.
0: And I love when an expansion has sidekicks because based on the structure of the game, that's the only time that other cards can reference sidekicks. Mm -hmm. And the last time that happened was Civil War because, you know, another expansion that doesn't have sidekicks, you don't want to reference sidekicks if the player may not have them They weren't in the base game. Right. Um, Or Secret Wars, I guess, as well. But uh, but yeah, I think I cloned, uh, uh, or I... Oh, this is a different card I'm thinking about. But uh, Investigating for a Special Psychic, some of the ones in this set are, are super powerful. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, really like it. It fun. Uh, let's keep going. I'm just going down the list of what cards I have in front of me. So Let's jump to Warpath. And I want to talk about one card in specific. This one here. It's going <laughs> to look a little funky because of the green screen. But it is supposed to be a green card. <laughs> so, Endless Endurance from Warpath was particularly interesting. This card does nothing. Like it doesn't give you any recruit back, but you draw when you draw a new hand of cards. And then turn, draw two extra cards.
0: Wow, this card's awesome! Very, I love this card. Very first glance, when I saw this, I didn't think much of it because it's easy to overlook it. It's right. expensive. It doesn't have any symbols on it. it. You think it's a it's a waste, but then you get two of them or three of them in your mm-hmm. deck, and you thin the deck. And if you draw three of them in your hand, that's six. That's twelve cards next turn. <laughs> and it, you keep and they keep cycling the other ones through over and over. I feel like warpath's my my impression of Warpath is he is the ultimate utility hero yes. for other heroes in your deck. He by himself he does a lot he does synergize with himself a little bit, but the things that he does uh with drawing extra cards and having an investigate and uh and drawing some things it just enhances anything else you have uh in your deck. And again, with his tactical formation, it's two two five. If you get endless endurance and his other cards, then you're you're solid. And then uh, his uh, his rare is very good for investigate. But uh, I I love and he'll mix into anything. He has different classes for any other class triggers. That's what I found. Uh, that, that's what I like about Warpath. Yeah, yeah. The
2: react the reaction you mentioned to endless endurance is very common. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of I've seen that from a lot of people, and I have to tell them no 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 just. Just try it. Trust me. Yeah. Um. Part. Of, someone asked recently uh, on Bagel's Discord, like, what do you, what, you know, what do you do when you're playtesting? And I said one of the big things you got to do is you have to buy stuff that you're not normally going to buy, and just see how it works. You've got to push yourself into, you know, outside of your comfort zone. And this was a card that did that, mm-hmm. and I never looked back mm-hmm. um, because. You're right. You get into those situations where, like, okay, I'm, now I've got two, and I'm drawing ten cards a turn. And it's it's so good. Um, and he does just fit into anything. Like, you could take any of his cards individually and just slip them in to yeah. whatever you're building, and they work smooth. He is, hands down, my, definitely my favorite utility character in the set, and one of my top characters probably in the game.
0: Yeah, so easy to overlook though, because not just this card, but when the previews came out, I'm like, oh, that's okay, that's okay. But then when you see what he can do to enhance your entire deck, it just clicks in your head. You're like, oh, that's what he's for, and it, it, it's it's great. Yeah,
2: yeah, and his rare can really just go nuts, right? It, it's like three plus, and depending on how you're building your deck, that plus can go a long way. The rest of his cards are are really just more subtle, helping you set up things.
0: There's a um, similar card to Endless Endurance in Into the Cosmos with Adam Warlock where you get to draw two cards next turn, his Cocoon card, but there's a cost where you have to discard a card to play it. I think it's a little cheaper as a trade-off, but even so, um, I much prefer Warpath's card because that one discard uh, makes your hand a little smaller and that can be everything uh, to play that. And with Warpath, you just play it every turn. If you get into a path where you get enough and you keep drawing them, you're good. You're good. Also, again, this art is fantastic. On oh, that yeah. rare <laughs> that she yeah, just rare. moved, yeah, ah, it's so good. Like, uh, I I am not an artist myself. I don't know any of the terms. I don't know how to describe why it's good. I think it's just eh, just the coloring and the shading and how detailed it is. Like, you could get any of these as a as large print and frame it. It's that it's that fun to look at. The, the one thing I'll call out too,
1: just in general, like this. I mean, going back to uh the endless endurance and then his other one dangerous maneuver i love seeing when the card art overlaps like the card text Mm -hmm. like never get tired of seeing that i love seeing like his foot's going across the big fan of that every time
0: i noticed that recently and i'm like how far back did that go and it turns out a while it's been happening Mm -hmm. i think since the core set if i'm not incorrect but sometimes you don't notice it sometimes you do
1: right Scalifer, I had a question. Who is the artist? The style is so different. That's a good question. Is it on there? Uh,
2: there's he, a list of the artists. There, there's one artist for the entire set.
0: Oh. oh um, this was one artist. Yes. Oh, uh, wow. uh Oh, it's Noel Lopez. Uh, he yeah. did Did he do the uh, Avengers versus uh, Thanos Matt? Or no, he did he did some other card art. That was like uh, Kaioka. Uh, I recognize the name. He's done previous art for Legendary let's keep going let's go to uh strong guy
1: i felt like he was i was probably the least excited about him i mean he's not a bad hero but i wasn't as um yeah the absorb connect energy was uh like i've seen this before i wasn't too too excited about it but i mean i
0: think his cards work fine i'm not complaining about it what, what are you guys thoughts uh, about him? a couple of things i noticed first about him is that um I believe he is the only second mono-class strength hero set in the entire game after Juggernaut from Villains. You have Beast in one of the Secret Wars who has mono uh, dual class all the way across. Uh, But uh, this is uh, the second time this has happened just with strength, which makes sense for a character like him. And uh, I wasn't sure about his hero set at first either, but it works pretty well. He's an expensive hero to recruit. His cheapest cost is four all the way across the board. So I'm just wondering
2: how that was tested. Um... I think he was pretty solid throughout. I don't remember a whole lot of changes with him. Um, I think maybe this card and his uncommon uh, go big. They may have flip flopped in rarity, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but I think that was the extent of the changes that he had. Um, I really like his recruit common though, um, because it gives you to recruit and it lets you investigate. So it, it can hopefully replace itself. Um, and then you combine him with Warpath, he can dig up endless Endurance for you and, and keep, keep you drawing more cards.
0: I had that exact combo. I was fighting uh, Epic Exodus. I didn't end up winning, but I had a good <laughs> shot because um, I was using those exact two cards, Warpath and then X-Factor Investigations, and I was investigating through my entire deck almost the entire time, which isn't the same as drawing the entire deck, but I was putting all the, the, the nonsense to the bottom, which doesn't give you anything from your discard pile, but it does go through a lot. Uh, tactical Formation was pretty easy to trigger when you get a lot of Strong Guy, because uh, if you get that 1-5 cost, that's really all you need, and then the rest of his cards will do, do the job. It was nice to have a couple of uh, traditional distribution heroes in the set, and, and uh, definitely he's one of them. And cloning him was fun when you fight things like the... Uh, the uh, Mr. Sinister clones. He's one of the best ones to clone because he doesn't can't naturally clone, and he has expensive cards. So that was a, that was a great combo. And his rare is fun because yeah. it gives you choices.
1: His rare yeah. is fun. I do like his rare quite a bit. You investigate for
0: what options what you want, and you have to really think about what's in your deck when, when playing that one. I appreciate the wording on this. I'm, I'm guessing that that came from testing
2: instead of pick three. I don't recall... Um, I think it was probably always this way to, in order to say, uh, in order to let you choose one option, see what you get, and then set up the next one. Right. Right. That is what makes this card so much fun.
0: Yeah,
1: I really, his rare was the one that really stood out for me. I enjoyed that rare too, because of all the decision
0: spaces, but yep, pretty cool one. And the art on um on go big by the way, who is the other one M who's fighting a giant sentinel in their card? Oh yeah yeah. Um, I love the theming there. Like a couple, yeah. She's carrying sentinel head. And he's, <laughs> if she's carrying the arm. He's throwing the head. Yeah, that that, that works so well, especially when he used the henchman in this set. Um, and he's having a great time doing it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. someone my my son. I
1: got a son. He's uh he just turned seven. Uh, but he's looking at the cards like. That guy's always
0: happy. I'm like, yeah, he is.
1: He's always happy. Isn't he?
0: so. <laughs> the, uh, the artist uh, uh, captured the personality uh, so so well. Definitely. Just the fact that his name is Strong Guy, you can't really take him seriously, and you shouldn't. Right. Exactly, <laughs> but it's fun.
1: Excellent.
0: Um, cool. Keep going. Let's talk about
1: probably a character with the shortest name ever in the. <laughs> Let's talk about M.
0: Really easy to sort alphabetically in my, in my organization. There you go. There you go.
1: So she also dabbles with the cloning as well. So I think you have some things you want to say about this uh, Bagel Top.
0: Yeah. Um. What did I write oh, as far as my notes? Um. She feels similar to the Stepford Cuckoos. Harder to pull off because she does have the class triggers for clone instead of just a straight up clone. But a greater reward. She has the KO power the Stepford Cuckoos don't have. Um, she does not, she plays really nice with three cost cards. Her entire hero set is three cost. She plays really nice with shield officers because they also cost three and she doesn't really play nice with any cards that don't cost three. So I found you kind of have to build your deck around her if you're going to take her as a hero. It works sometimes like uh, against Exodus, like I mentioned, getting all that recruit and the officers and investigating for other cards that cost three, especially if you throw in the special officers from the shield expansion that can be a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, this card in particular, Uncover Family Secrets, is great at getting you early recruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, Which is very important. If you have others of the same or officers, two of these cards
2: can get you some rares pretty early. Yeah, I think the uh, this card in particular is really, really good. Um, the fact that you can play one and then dig up the other one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or you dig up another one of her cards, which lets you draw into another one. Um, I've definitely gotten early rares because of this. Um, Her cards are pretty good for threes, I feel. Um, Like even this one, draw a card and two attack. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, And then uh, there was, we definitely had a lot of talk about her um her rare was different her rare was a lot a lot stronger like game warpingly strong um and so it was uh, thankfully changed uh late in the process and i think this is a much fairer level for something that costs three. i think
0: i mentioned she had ko power that's only for wounds that uh she gets so just for wounds is on to be specific but uh yeah so this one does have four numbers for the tactical formation but it's all threes and that's all she has you see why i say she's very three friendly and not so much anything else <laughs> exactly is this the tactical formation with the most requirements
1: hold on there's another one that's a four is I, there? Think so.
2: I think so. i think so yeah yeah i, I would agree uh, and, uh, the siren c- has a two four six which is just hard to pull off mm-hmm. but yeah i think this is the the one with the most numbers yeah
0: Who else is a hero that has similar dependence form where you either gain a wound or you KO when you have, was it Deadpool? I can't recall. Deadpool
2: from the Mercenary.
0: Gotcha. And that can be fun because sometimes you hate getting wounds, but uh, you can just cycle them through.
1: Yeah. My my wife had an interesting reaction when she uh, played that card. Like,
0: oh, if you have a wound in your hand, you describe how KO it
1: or otherwise gain a wound. It's like, well, I, I don't want to gain a wound. Like, that's not what it says. Like you have to gain one. Like I yeah, do. You? Like yes, you do. <laughs> so.
0: And uh, it's a mandatory KO too.
1: Oh. It's not you may ko a wound. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Deadpool was uh, what Escalapoo Exc- mentioned. The other characters. Right. That
0: and Colossus and Wolverine as well. Overall, I like this hero set. It's a little more uh, situation specific. Mm-hmm. But if you know she's there, uh, you can go for it. It's kind of not as risky as Spider Man. Going like if you have Spider-Man in your in your hero deck, like, am I gonna go for a Spider-Man deck? Because you have to commit, or otherwise you're gonna really screw yourself up. Her to a lesser extent, but it has that similar feeling, and it's fun if you decide to go for it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Next one,
1: going. Let's go to Siren. Here's Siren's cards. So she does a little bit investigating, but she does a lot of shattering.
0: I think, I think she is my third favorite. She's up there. Um, she feels like warpath in the sense of being utility hmm. she doesn't really hit hard directly on her own but all the shattering that she does and in the investigation and shattering the mastermind uh sets everybody else up for success Definitely. her her uh uncommon does have four attack which is good but it's expensive uh but uh just great utility is the first thing i, I got from playing this set yeah, that was interesting. Shatter all villains. It's hard to pull off, but when you pull that off, man, that's great. oh so rewarding. It so is. rewarding. <laughs> if you take a lot of you know her her cards, her uh, non rares are two, four, and six, so yeah. you can you can make it happen. Definitely.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, when I did my uh, release day playthrough of the set, I managed to copy that card and trigger it on both of them. Oh wow! Double shattering the city. Very very that's satisfying amazing. feeling. Um, and note that it says shatter all villains, not all villains in the city, right? So it hits the ones that are preying on people as well. Oh, I didn't catch
0: that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because I, in speculation... When uh, Siren was mentioned in one of the blogs, people were thinking, oh, is Piercing Energy returning? Because Banshee, her father in the comics, is an X-Men. He has a lot of Piercing Energy. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's not the case here. And this doesn't necessarily play that well with Piercing Energy because it doesn't do anything to affect the victory point value. However, I mentioned before, Shatter is kind of a cousin to Piercing Energy in the way that it feels. So I, I do like how that uh, that played out. I have I found that they have not called particularly interesting as well. Being able to
1: shatter the cost of heroes? Because I think, I think shattering mm-hmm. is always the villains. It's the first one that affects the, the headquarters.
2: Um, I think Richter can do it too. Richter yes, does? Richter's rare can do it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so this is reminiscent of uh, one of Adam Warlock's cards that can let you burn shards and cut a hero's cost in half. Um, what's really interesting is that she has no recruit of her own.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. And she has... Relatively low attack, except for her, you know, like I mentioned her on Commodus 4. That's why I mentioned she's great utility, but you need to use her with somebody else. But she can make stuff cheaper in the city. She can make stuff cheaper in the HQ and just set them up for another hero to knock it down.
1: Yeah, even the uh, the um, ultimate card, the rare, Shadow of the Mastermind, which is hugely powerful, but there's no
0: additional attack. But, but he, it, it has, yeah, the yeah. Shadow of the Mastermind and KO power up exactly. to two cards. Oh, so, so good. <laughs> I want yeah, that you, can't re- you can't re- you can't rely on this to hit hard by itself, but boy does it do the ultimate utility here. Make the mask run easier to hit, and here we'll get rid of some junk in your deck for you. Oh yeah, exactly. So good. Love this card. It's funny because and the it's, art it does nothing but it's eight. But like, oh, was that the art? Yeah, I'm just the uh, the way that she's like grabbing onto Bastion there, yeah, <laughs> and screaming right in his ear. That's brutal. <laughs> I love it. Brutal.
1: Yeah, Excalibur mentioned the same. The shatter seems better, uh, more utility, and assists others to attack. With uh, re- re- referencing your comments about piercing energy and her dad, so definitely hmm. cool. Okay, keep going. Since we mentioned Richter, let's jump to him. So he also has, I liked his set quite a bit. So he is quite a bit of shattering. So, underground cavern, shatter villain of sewers, probably more
0: straightforward, common. Yeah, he's my second favorite hero in the set after the Stepford Cuckoos. Mm -hmm. Because he kind of has a mix of the utility or the, uh, yeah, the utility plus the offensive power. So if you want to rely on him to do a lot, you can. Uh, Shattering in the, uh, usually city space specific cards are not too popular, but because he targets the sewers, where if you're not playing on the villain's mat, everything comes in first. It's more often. It's better than something happening on the bridge or the, or the rooftops, Right. Uh, because something's almost always going to be there to shatter. Right. He has uh, three of the same class. He three of his cards are ranged. That triggers his effects. Uh, every card except for the rare has a ranged trigger on it. Well, kind of. Uh, the second one has investigate for, for an instinct, or or ranged. Yep. But his his card. I love the how the effects happening <laughs> on his hands. If you can't tell, his hands are glowing green, which I I, I love that. Uh, <laughs> that facet of his cards yeah my
1: green screen things with greens on the card yeah, it's unfortunately. cool i like it
0: it kind of works <laughs> it kind of works for his power set it does. um i didn't expect richter to be in this set. he was the last one to be revealed and in the in the comics uh spoiler alert <laughs> to the event after the events of m-day he loses his powers like a lot of the x-men do so i didn't expect him to be here so i was pleasantly surprised
1: yeah he has a lot of a lot of the effects i look for in, in a set. like oh let me Investigate me manipulate my deck a little bit. And let me KO a few things from it. Um, we got the decent attack. And then, yeah, his rare is... Oh gosh, rare is so cool. Doesn't and he has just, some recruit power. His work.
0: uncommon is for cost. His uncommon is for cost. That doesn't often happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has some recruit power the other heroes don't have. He has offensive power. He can shatter villains. He can investigate, draw. And then his rare does... Uh, just like Siren, doesn't have any printed attack or recruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it can shatter the mastermind. Or heroes, so that this is great versatility. It's like the ultimate version of the versatile keyword. Yeah. Do you want to hurt a lot, or do you want to help a lot? Exactly. Hurt the the mastermind that is.
2: Yeah, I really like the investigate options that he has on two of his cards. Uh, if I ever get a chance, like I'm actively, I'm definitely trying to buy those.
1: I mean, even if they flop, like even with his uncommon, uh, right for for cost um, to recruit. Investigate a card that caused zero or to KO, which is great, or discard. But if you don't, don't get any zero-cost cards, then like you, you still set up your deck, which is still very useful. So,
0: Yeah, it sets up his uh his Unearthed tectonic power because you know it's at the top and you can uh, uh move things around or, or see what you're going to get. I, I did a big chain with Richter the other day where I kept just drawing his cards, drawing his cards, and he has the KO power. This is a great card for early game because you're stuck with a ton of zero-cost cards
2: mm-hmm. and you
0: don't feel too bad about KOing uh, you don't have to do too bad about KOing the, uh, the shield agents. one's with uh, zero cost and one recruit because this card gives you recruit. You just keep replacing them. This is an interesting question on the chat. Scalapur mentioned, uh, I wonder how
1: often the team decide to have the uncommon costs lower than the commons, and why?
2: That's a good question. I don't really know the answer to it. Um, it, it all comes out of Devon balancing things out. Um, for this set, things depend on cost a lot and so uh for those tactical formations and so some of that had to have played an effect what i was thinking about when i saw that uncommon with recruit and ko i feel like ko cards on KO, ko abilities on hero cards have been moved to uncommons i feel like i haven't seen that on a common card in a while
0: that's an interesting point i never realized that um I think just uh, just looking at the spread of the cards right here, um, my two favorite keywords in the set, Investigate and Shatter, are both in his hero set. Two Investigate cards and two Shatter cards. Uh, he has KO power, so just his tool set is just right up my specific alley for how I like to play this game. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why he's my second favorite. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, let's
1: keep going. We've
0: got one more here to
1: talk about. And then lots more to discuss. This one was for the one that when Messiah Complex was mentioned, like, oh... I know this year is in the set or maybe it should be <laughs> at least
0: right. good yep. Little old multiple man. So this was, I think um, he was probably one character that uh, people have wanted to see in legendary for a while ever since. Cause he was a, uh, in villains, he was a henchman and a backup adversary, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Cause there's a ton of those in a wave. And maybe since then people were like, Oh, when are we getting a hero set? And I had no idea how they would pull up. How Devin would pull off a hero set for multiple man, as I mentioned before, but this is this is the way to do it, and I think it works.
1: My wife was really surprised at how powerful he was when she first played him because he he ramps up quickly. Like find he's so good at finding his copies of himself, and then uh, he works so well together. Right, just trying to find more of him.
0: Um, My experience, and maybe I need to play more with multiple men, mm-hmm. but uh, it's 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 hit or miss with him when I'm trying to use him. Um, there was a couple of times where I took a couple of his cards and tried to make work with other heroes, and it just didn't work. I think his most uh, versatile cards is versatile card is the one that counts. Uh, uh, well, actually, finding myself is pretty good because uh, you just have to have multiples of, of any specific card. My greatest success with multiple man is when I mostly just recruited multiple man. Yeah, uh, because he works so well with his own hero set, and it uh, it just it cleans up. But I, I I struggle to have success with him when he's mixed with other things. I don't know if that was everybody's experience, but I, I do love the, the the flavor of how he just
2: keeps cloning himself. Yeah. yeah and and the one of the interesting things here about multiple man is that unlike all the other heroes he's the one that clones when you play him right mm-hmm. everybody else is you get one shot when you recruit it here you have a you have recurring chances continually over the game to try and get more copies of him as you play and so that that powers up uh cards like finding myself mm-hmm. right? I to think... be able to investigate and and get those extra copies
0: I think me myself and I is my favorite card of his because I think that's the one that plays the most nice with with other cards. Mm-hmm. Uh because it's got tactical formation of four, 444 and all this cards cost 4. So if you get a bunch of these, which you can do with clone if you have instinct in your deck, uh you can uh draw a bunch of cards and it, it echoes uh Shadow Stars' card that gives you recruit in a little bit of a different way, but it lets you draw a bunch. Yeah,
1: and replaces itself which is Awesome, right? You know, that type of formation, so tr- triggered, so.
0: Oh, yeah, and the the rare is not only easy to recruit, but it's easy to trigger, so that's fun. Um, it doesn't do a lot. It does a little bit of KO power. Mm-hmm. I assume that's the trade-off for it being so simple to pull off and clone and, and play. Mm-hmm. But the KO power is nice. It doesn't feel like a rare in the sense that uh, it's this big overwhelming power that you can only do maybe once in the game if you're lucky. It feels like uh, another common, but mm-hmm. in, in a good way. It's another bit of utility you can get. That was the big surprise for me with
1: some of the clone rares, and it made sense, right? They, I like legendary because the rares generally feel very, very powerful, and it, and love being a I love being powerful in this game. But the rares in, with the cloning ones, because you get another copy of them, it, they're not splashy in that sense. But they're still good cards, like you said. Like I, I don't regret buying these ones, but they It was it was a departure from what I was used to for the rest of the games.
0: And it's cool because it, it feels different than mm-hmm. with all these expansions legendary. It's something fundamentally new in the structure of the game. And it feels that way too. Definitely, You're not trying to, all right, if I get all this recruit, I'm going to go big and get the, uh the, the big rare. And it's going to help me out. It's like, no, you're just trying to uh, pull in what you can and put it all together. And it, it, it makes you play a little differently, which is fun. And that's one of the complaints I've heard about, not just legendary specifically, but deck builders like, well,
1: I always buy the most expensive card because it's the most powerful. Mm-mm. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's true and legendary to start, begin with, but this, this approach definitely, uh, questions that, uh, 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 further. Right? It's just, not... yeah, there's,
0: there's, there's two things that were really on. Unlo- and my experience will really unlock your play as when you're playing a deck builder. The first one is you don't always want to recruit the most expensive thing. If mm-hmm. it doesn't fit in your toolkit. And you know, I play games like, like Slay the spire too, right. that kind of worked the same way. Um, and uh, the second one is you you don't have to recruit every card you see. And uh, if you have good options, it might just be a better option to just not take anything or just cut your deck because it, it's a, it makes it easier to get the cards you want. And once you have those two things, things really start to fit together.
2: And that's, that's what I think is kind of one of the interesting things about, or one of the really good things about his rare here is that it's not particularly splashy, but it gives you a KO option that's fairly easy to trigger but then you can clone it right because when you see a card with a hero card with KO show up in the HQ right your eyes go to it you want that <laughs> card right and this one says hey if you buy me I'll, in a few turns I'll give you another copy for free and that's where i feel the excitement from this card comes in it's a, it's a subtle thing but man when you when you realize like <gasps> now i'm i'm KOing better. Like, I don't even have to wait for it to come up, for the other copy to come up in the HQ, right? That's a really cool feeling from this card. And with this attention span that everybody has
0: today, that's very short. It really appeals to that. You get it immediately. Just got, it's got kind of why I like the Stepford Cuckoos, because you get that immediately, too. And I can imagine, um, I didn't test this out in Solo, but in Solo Legendary, you only use three heroes in a hero deck most of the time. Mm-hmm. I can imagine multiple men working really well in a three-hero Deck because that's more chances they'll come up and more chances you can clone them. Uh, were there any chance any uh, experiences, Jason, where you were doing so much cloning in a three-hero deck that you almost ran out of cards in the hero deck?
2: Yes. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> that would happen. Um, well, but remember, multiple man clones when you play him, not when you recruit him, right? right? So really, you just have to find one and get that process started. That thins out the hero deck and makes it more likely that. His other cards are going to come up, and again, just find one, right, and and grab that, and then just start making copies mm-hmm. as you go.
0: And c- kind of like with M, I feel you kind of have to commit to going for a multiple man deck. Uh, he does work those other uh, other heroes that care about four cost cards, like Luke Cage Noir, Invisible Woman, care about cards that cost four, and he he works pretty well with them because yeah. all of his cards cost four. Cool. That's all the heroes. Um, which
1: uh. Which now I think bagel. You mentioned your favorite here was uh, was it uh, Richter was your favorite or no? The Stafford
0: Cookers are my favorite, Stafford followed Cuckoos. by Richter. Gotcha.
1: What about you, Jason? Which of these series you like the best?
2: Uh, I think I'm going with Warpath.
1: Oh, interesting. That that is also my choices actually. I I really was surprised with Warpath. I love playing him, but I like that utility style. Utility style play is my style. So.
2: Yeah, and and I think one thing that we didn't mention with Warpath is the fact that his uncommon with that KO ability costs two. Oh yeah, mm.
0: this one, so good. The so what? But you do have to trigger it, right? With the um... no, it's
2: reveal the top card of your deck. Oh,
0: that's and the first effect. Yeah, yeah, that
2: is yeah. very good. So it's really easy to get that early and start trimming away. Definitely.
0: And then something that people may not realize is that Wounds cost zero, so you can not only KO your starter cards but Wounds this way as well. Cool. Okay, let's just uh, keep going.
1: Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the henchmen real quick.
0: There are two henchmen in this one, and I'll throw
1: them both on the screen if I can. Maybe I can't fit both at one time. We'll talk about the squad, uh, the sentinels, real quick. So I really like this one a lot. I liked how they copied another one that popped in the city. It made it interesting and tricky. Like, ooh, do I take? Do I? Leave, I don't. Do I? I do want to take out the both of them at the same time, or or if I leave one, it, it might be a little bit better, right? Um it, it provided an interesting way of approaching them. And I really like how well, this is the card we mentioned earlier, that when you fight them, you actually put on the bottom of the villain deck so it's easier to find the clone in the future, which was a huge, huge one for from design space.
0: One of the things that I think Devon does so well is refer back to cards that are similar to uh the cards that come out. Yeah. And in the course that Sentinels are a henchman. There are three attack to fight. And they have a fight effect Is KO one of your heroes. And this plays on that so well with uh, making it not as as rewarding for you. Because it only provides you KO power if there's no others in the city. Rewarding you if you take them out quickly. But every time one does come up, it does clone. So you get maybe half the KO power that you would get in a Sentinels uh, group if you're lucky. And uh, the feeling of... Like this is supposed to be a an onslaught of robots coming at or drones coming at you. Right. Mm-hmm. And it feels that way because you keep taking them out. They keep coming back. They're just a bit of a nuisance. They're great when you get Bastion, <laughs> which we'll come to later. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do prefer the other henchmen better for more than a, for a few reasons, but uh, the flavor and the feeling of these hordes of Sentinel squads uh, does feel really cool. Agreed with that.
2: Yeah. I really like um the fact that you only get the KO on the last one, right? Mm-hmm. So they're very cheap, right? To attack for a henchman. They seem harmless, but you you actually have to pay more in order to get that KO,
1: right?
2: right? You've got to pay four. You've got to take out at least a pair of them. Um, that little clause at the beginning on the ambush effect, right? If there are no other Sentinel Squad Ones in the city, mm-hmm. clone, right? That condition at the beginning was there because in testing these guys changed a lot like trying to figure out just how to get them to flow right in the game um i had a game where that clause was not present so they always cloned when they came in but you still only got the final you only got the ko on the last one and so two of them come out i kill one and then the next turn two more come out. And then I managed to kill a couple of those and then more come out. And I said I played a game where 70 of these guys came out and I lost all those chances to KO. Yes. And that was that was rough. Like so if you ever wonder like why is this here? It's not just to keep the city from getting overrun, which can definitely happen. Um but it's to smooth out that experience and let them do what what henchmen are supposed to do, right? Give you something small to hit, which increase you know speed you up, thin your deck out, draw you cards, do whatever it is that they're supposed to do, but generally make your game more pleasant.
1: I, I also really like what they did in multiplayer too, because like my wife was like, oh, you know, I'd be great if I could KO a card. I'm like, oh, let me help you with that. I'll I'll take out one of the two, so that we can finish the last one and get that KO effect. But then you put flip the next card and you're like, oh no, another one popped out. Sorry, and it provided that interesting cooperative dynamic through just a henchman card, which I really enjoyed.
0: And if you flip that on its head, if you're playing with people who are a little more competitive, they may choose to strategically not let you get that KO power yep. at the expense of the game getting harder. Cause you know, <laughs> it's kind of like a hot potato sort of thing, which Definitely. I could see being a lot of fun.
1: Cool. Um, Yeah. That one was a cool one, but I, I think it with you too. I think Bagel top you were leaning towards that one. I, I like the Mr. Sinister clones better of the two henchmen for sure. This one is, and it, not only this one clone itself, which is which is an exciting moment because like, oh yeah, I'm doing fine. I've got only four four baddies in the city. I can have a fifth. Won't, won't have someone escape. And by the way, here goes Mission Center, Center clones. And guess what? You had an escape we weren't expecting, which can't be really exciting. Uh, but the, the fight effect of this one, where you can clone the next hero you recruit, that could cost four or less. Love that. It really made some interesting... Like gameplay decisions. I'm like, ooh, I, I I can take him out, but maybe I want to wait because I if I don't have the recruit now, but maybe next turn I can clone that one card. It's really awesome HQ. I can get two copies of it. I really like this one.
0: Yeah, for sure. I found myself, you know, you you might have that thought process: Do I wait? But then every time one of these comes in, another one comes in. It can push things out of the city, and with certain schemes, that can be rough. Yeah. Um, I love what this does. A lot of um, you know, there's criticisms of henchmen that don't give you KO power because one of the biggest boons that henchmen can give you is that ko power there's a ton of them they're easy to hit the ko power is important this one doesn't have ko power but it does give you an extra copy of a card you recruit so it offsets that a little bit without giving you direct ko power which is nice uh and uh, this also can get you more special bystanders in your game because Mm -hmm. if you look at the uh the ambush effect, when the clone enters the city, you shuffle the bystander into the villain deck, which functions to make sure the villain deck doesn't run out too fast, but it also gets more bystander slowing, which is you know, which is always fun to to pull one of those, except for the copycat, we won't talk about that one. <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, And uh, this was fun, the intra-expansion within this expansion, because you, uh, and especially playing with somebody like the Stepford Cuckoos, because they have one recruited clone. So if you fight a Mr. Sinister clone, and then you recruit a Stepford Cuckoos, you get three copies of it. And if you fight uh, two Mr. Sinister clones at once, you get two clones loaded up for whatever you recruit next. And uh, this, because I play a lot of randomized games, this is one that bringing clone into setups with all kinds of different heroes is going to be a blast. It's going to really mix up how that game is going to go. Cloning heroes you can't normally clone works with all kinds of situations and a uh, very, very versatile um, I don't know much about the sinister clones in the comic. So, you know, the flavor isn't really, you know, something that is a big deal me. but I don't care because I love this henchman so much. It's one of my top henchmen now.
2: I agree. Yeah. They're, they're probably my favorite henchmen uh, just because what you said, throwing them into a random game really just opens up that space so much, right? Uh, being able to clone a hero that gives you a KO ability, right? Is huge. Or, with a hero that has one of those cheaper uncommons that costs four, um, I got to clone Stormbreaker once from Beta Ray Bill. Wow, wow that's cool. Yeah, that's that feels really good. <laughs> um, during my extra life marathon last year, at the end, uh, I had an extra hour or two where I'm just I'm just playing Galactus over and over and over again. But to even the odds and give myself a little bit of 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 uh, of an advantage here. I included the Mr. Sinister clones as the henchmen in the game. Which means, okay, now I'm getting two copies of anything that I can use as cosmic threat mm-hmm. against Galactus. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And uh, also, note that it says uh, the next hero you recruit this turn, which does include officers and sidekicks. So I played this with my whole mix of stacks. I cloned a uh, Agent May from the officer stack. And it's rare you're going to, if you use the whole stack, it's rare you're going to come across a special officer in the first place, let alone be able to recruit two at once. Same for the sidekicks. If you get a special sidekick, getting two of those at the same time just feels so cool. And it's a big gamble because you don't know what's going to come up in that stack if you haven't, you know, found somebody to investigate it. Uh, there's just so many, yeah, it opens up that space, like Jason said, to to do do so many more things and, and change that up. Absolutely. Yeah, I was really surprised when I was playing the game. Like, Oh yeah, clone, wait. Next hero, does that
1: count for sidekicks? Because that happened to me. I got a special sidekick, got the other copy, which was, it felt really good, but really good, so.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think, I still think that the Mandarin's rings from Revelations are my favorite just because of how unique they are with mm-hmm. each of them being different, but this mm-hmm. is right up there. For sure. Cool. Uh, those are the two henchmen. We have
1: four villain groups. I'll probably try with this pretty quick because there's a good amount of variety in there. Um. Talk talk about Clan Yashida for the first one. So this one, I I really like how they had they all have chivalrous duel in here, and I, I always like what that does to the game. Have to think about how I'm gonna build. I expect these guys to come out. It's fun. Enjoy that part for sure.
0: This is um the most frustrating hero group or villain group in the game, and uh, yeah. I think in a positive way. Definitely because th- there's no more you know prey does require you to take urgency on some things and some of the other groups. But this one just stops doing your tracks from doing things that you wanted to do <laughs> sure. in certain hands. Um, yeah. I, I love the theming of them, how it's a, uh, it makes sense that the samurai group would be chivalrous duel. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. This villain group has the return of a hero class or a hero team. We haven't seen in a long time in, uh, in crime syndicate. Mm-hmm. The last time we saw crime syndicate, I believe was, uh, in World War Hulk with uh, Joe Fixit's hero set. It's been a long time. So it's fun to see another uh, team pop up for sure.
2: Definitely,
0: And this is a fun one to gain as a hero too, because she'll work with any, any instinct deck.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and she costs three for him.
0: Right. That's great. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, this is, I think the theming on this group is great. Um, I like how some silver samurai comes in and gives a, uh, a bystander to the villain with the most VP which is going to be in his group, it's Ward Shingen, who then turns that bystander into um, into another bodyguard mm-hmm. and makes it's him so... even more annoying.
0: <laughs> it's so true.
2: <laughs> it's so clever how Lord Shingen
0: has his own basically human shield mechanic. Like It's, it's just on him. Like human yeah. shield is from another expansion where they're blocked by a bystander. You have to fight to, to be able to fight the villain. but uh, And that one has, has Shiver's Duel too. Uh, so I had the city full of these guys, and it was really annoying. This is why Shadow comes in so handy with them sure. because that just means less uh less attack less uh fewer names that you need it's, it's but so, they don't have bit they're not always led by anybody in this set, no masterminds, right. which is totally fine. they'll fit into any randomized setup so well it It's so funny too with the Shriveler's
1: duel sometimes because you can have like oh man' got, like eight attack and take out this really big, you know, that, that huge, uh, Venlan has been, uh, plaguing me. I can take him out, but you can't take out this little four guy, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's frustrating, but frustrating in a fun way, which I enjoy quite a bit.
0: Especially with this set, because so many of these heroes, well, you know, multiple man can, can clone and you yeah. can have a lot of copies of him, but if you're trying to mix it up too much, no one card really has that much attack on its own. Like a uh, strong guy has a three attack. Yep. Uh, there's a four attack on Siren. But everybody else, if you don't, you, they all have like two attack or less. So if you're not building similar names, this can be rough. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that one. Uh, let's, go to, let's go to the Purifiers. This next one. This one is cool because it, this one has the cloning for the, the villain. So the Predator X was one that was particularly interesting that came out. So it will prey on the person who has the most instinct. But then it clones itself, but the interesting thing about it is there's not another copy of Predator X exactly the same way. There's more than one Predator X, of course, but the other ones rely on different classes. So now you, when you get one of these come out, you know you're going to have to pick a different class. And so now when playing multiplayer, potentially, it's like, ooh, which one do we grab and for what reason? I really, really liked how this added that conversation to the table. Big fan of that one.
2: Well, what I find really interesting about these is the first one comes out mm-hmm. and it preys on somebody. And if there's a tie, you've got to talk about it and think, uh, where's this going to go? OK, I'm going to I'll take it. I'll take the hit for this. I can handle it. No big deal. And then you get the clone mm-hmm. and then you find out oh, that clone's coming for me, too. Right. right.
0: And uh, Predator X in the comics, just for some flavor, is um, extremely threatening. Like uh, everybody is terrified of it. Nobody can take it down, um, so that fits right into the theme there. And even when I was playing two-handed solo, I felt the same thing. I mentioned that Prey didn't hit that hard for me when uh, I was playing solo. This is the exception because just like just like Jason said, you don't know where the second one's going to go. I want to strategize where the first one's going to go to set myself up. And then, oh yeah, oh no, it's coming for me as well. I do like how when you're cloning this, um, you can uh, you can search the deck from the bottom. It doesn't matter as long as. Uh, Uh, the next uh, uh, Jason told me this, right? The, the point is you don't want to pick and choose which one's coming in next. So you can search on the top or the bottom of the deck. The first one you encounter comes in. And I like how easy that is to do. Definitely. And this is the first card, I think in legendary that has the same card name, but different something on the card. I think that's the case. And it, yeah. And it, and it works really well. I think, I think this is, I think this is my favorite villain group. Uh, even though there's five of these and three other villains in it, uh, but uh, just the way that Predator X works is so much fun, so surprising. Uh, at the beginning, when I started this, I forgot to clone it at the at the beginning because um, uh, I was uh, <laughs> there was so much pressure from the first one that I didn't click with me. Oh, there's more. <laughs> you have to worry <laughs> about the second one. Um, what's nice is the last one you don't have to clone because there's, there's an odd number. True. Um they They're pretty easy to take out though, which is nice. I I don't know if that was changed during testing. But uh, they could have been a lot harder, but just the threat of messing up your hands and the fact that two of them come out uh, is is nice.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Was that you? I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, these guys were way meaner
0: uh, early
2: on. Um, they were tougher. They might have been five attack at some Whoa. point. And I think they wounded you when they finished you, when they finished the prey. It, they were nasty. They were really, really nasty villains um and everybody hated them (laughs) (laughs) um and Devin rightfully lowered them down that makes more
0: sense for flavor but i guess uh for practical sense why that needed to be changed and their their finish the prey effect doesn't i don't mind as much but the last three have the finish the prey effects i really want to avoid
1: yeah and the last
0: three i think help yeah help uh make this my favorite villain group just because these are these are classic especially the last two are classic x-men villains and mm-hmm. that desperately needed to be in here and hitting hard.
1: Yeah. woman striker. There's a probably KO The capture. She so captures sidekicks and KOs them. Oof, oof.
0: That's not as bad because yeah, so it's sidekicks, but um, it's still three sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially it can take two of them from you, which right. you've maybe spent a couple of turns and a, and a bit of recruit on, even though they cost two. And you might have gotten some special ones that really could help. Like if you got prodigy that we'll see, or if you got Boom Boom or something, and he oh he's going to mess up your entire plan. That helped. That helped. That happened to me once when I was doing that. But okay. you do get an extra psychic if you take him out, and he has only five. But uh, because he's praying, it may not go to you. Sure. And uh, pray on the most. Uh, I think the shorthand people are using is mutants instead of saying all four of those. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: mutants exactly for sure. Yeah, because I when
0: I did my preview video I was, or overview, I was reading all four, and someone's like, just say mutants, and so that's little that's a little better
1: yeah because they all have that effect so like the other one uh leper leper queen there so um
0: and you, you told me about leper queen and why leper queen adds bystanders into the deck which i didn't uh, figure out at first i did yeah, know this so, what is this yeah so
2: leper queen when you fight her so she shuffles two cards from the bystander deck back into the villain deck the reason is because of the predator x clones right so, when they come out and they clone, they're pulling two cards out of the deck. She puts two cards back in oh, to even it out. Okay.
0: I played a really fun hand where I had both of Stepford Cuckoo's rares and I took out Leper Queen. So, four bystanders went into the villain deck that, that turn, which was really nice all at once. Wow. Um, <laughs> So she's fun, but the, the, my, the, my favorite villain in this group is the last one you haven't shown yet. It's been reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cameron just Look at that. Uh, when that. When I was reading the comics and he turned into that, mm-hmm. <laughs> just such a faithful representation of that. And he KOs heroes. Yep. Uh, at least the player gets to choose, which I don't know if that was different at the beginning. <laughs> but losing a hero that's non-gray is always, is never great but you can use this to uh, move a hero from one deck to another, which could be useful. That's true. Yeah. This guy But chances are. Yeah. Oftentimes you'll be preyed upon by more than just him (laughs) at any given time, depending on what came out. And uh, like you, like one person's turn, they could have this happen and he preys on player two and then player two's turn comes and they get preyed upon as well. So now you're, stuck no matter what you're not going to get nine attack probably if it's an early game and you have to pick pick your battles absolutely
1: yeah this one was the one that provided the most pressure when it came out like oh my gosh you're gonna lose a guy we what do we do we have to take him out we have to take him out how are we can do this how are we can do this and then i love that that tension that appeared when he he entered the play
0: yeah this one offset the uh the the solo aspect of prey for me because this was still threatening no matter if i was just on my own
1: definitely see that was uh, the purifiers as a fun one uh let's jump to the acolytes real quick so i'll start with uh start with probably mostly so- okay i am horrible at pronouncing names
0: i do not know how to say this name i can say this i practiced okay it's uh unashone Una is her name unashone thank you <laughs> yeah um i think this villain group is super cool in the way that it this whole villain group is a gamble the whole mm-hmm. thing maybe except for unashone but the whole thing is a gamble, and I love that. Yeah, she's the most
1: straightforward one. I think the rest one get really yeah. interesting. So, like, let me jump to like I, the, the one I mentioned earlier in the stream. The tempo, it's like, oh yeah, sixteen, <laughs> holy crap! They're like, oh, but you can choose to draw one less card next turn
0: to shatter you as much as you this want. This one is where you really want that warpath card because, oh man,
1: exactly. Oh, it's such an interesting decision. Like, how much do I want to gamble for my next turn to get hit? But you do fight, oh. and you get two cards, so you could like a pretty decent turn this turn but next turn would be horrible so
0: i had a situation with these cards and i was playing this game, the scheme uh, the mutant messiah one where you have to recruit i think it is i think that was the one where you have to recruit a card from a stack that has elevated recruit or else it counts against you losing and um the previous turn i had fought two tempos and so my only card i only had one card drawn in the next turn and that's when the scheme twist came up. so I was out of luck because I only had the one card so uh this whole yeah this whole villain group is a gamble, like I said, because you have the opportunity to shatter them and make them easier to fight, but uh, this one's most straightforward because you kind of know what's happening. you kind of know that okay, next turn, I'm only gonna have this many cards. The other two are more of a gamble, but th- this leads into that, yeah, definitely
2: yeah one of the one of the interesting things about playtesting is it's not all complaining hey i'm dying please stop (laughs) make it stop um sometimes we highlight things and he Devin really appreciates it when we pick when we point out things that we really like right like and this was one of the cards that i said hey i love the flavor on this card don't change it Mm -hmm. right because i for me it immediately connected back to uh the concept of tempo in Magic: The Gathering, right? Where how fast are you playing cards? And that's what she's doing. She's controlling your tempo in the game when you fight her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a, such a strong that. connection. This one, and then I'll I'll jump to the other one real quick. That had a very strong connection for me for the the name and what it did was random. Like mm-hmm. this guy was. That's great. Oh, just nailed it for the, like this guy felt so random i loved it loved it
0: yeah random was already in a villain group but I, this is the superior version of random it, it's got to be um i i failed the first time i did this uh because uh yeah so you <laughs> as you can see you can pay one recruit to shatter him but then you reveal a card from the hero deck and he might get more attack Yeah. so if you commit to doing this you might get sunk cost fallacy and you'll go all in and you'll end up spending all your recruit and he's at a higher attacker near the same one you started. And I think that's that's so much fun. Uh, if you're lucky, you'll be able to take him down, but uh, you got to know what cards are in your hero deck. You could be lucky where you only have maybe uh, instinct or strength and you might get away with it. But uh, I just but... want to say Hellcat
2: will check the top card of that deck for you. She will. <laughs> uh, but yeah... It... When, I, when Random comes out into the city, I get very intimidated because I want to be able to fight him, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, how much is this going to cost? Is this a good idea? Should I be doing this right now <laughs> or should I be spending my recruit on actually recruiting things? And so it, it kind of plays with your head and it gets in your head a lot.
0: It's funny you mentioned that because there's a lot of text on this card, so I have to refresh myself by reading it. And when this card and some of the other ones came out, I purposefully, like actually subconsciously, I just looked away from the cards. I didn't read them. What I figured out later was my brain was telling me, do not engage. (laughs) (laughs) And then later I realized, oh, that's because, yeah, it's funny. So I just kind of let them be and let them do their own thing. And my my mind told me what to do before I actually took the action. And that's the reason why. Yeah,
1: this was an awesome one. Loved it. Um the last one I just mentioned too are right, it's a frenzy like these those three these last three are great for sure this one was uh not i like the temple one random better because like the link to their name and what they did was very very strong but this one was fun too like oh by the way, oh I could get wounds like if you were prepared to like deal with the wounds it might be so bad but it was it was fun it was fun to flip those cards and see what happened it felt like it felt like you were engaging in the, the, a battle as opposed to just getting a fight in and taking him out.
0: And this is the one that balances it because this is where the strength and instinct triggers are. Yep. Um. I, I put in my notes. Uh. Sometimes it might, except for random who has an escape effect, it might just be better to let these guys go <laughs> if they're on their way to escape and you don't care about that for the for the scheme. Uh. Because you know, again, do not engage. Sometimes, <laughs> uh, I would probably weigh that option. It might okay. be worth it to just do other things with the, my points. Cool. Uh. Let's
1: keep going, and then we got one more villain group, and then we'll jump to the masterminds, and we'll end this pretty soon here, I think. Uh. Reavers is the villain group. So, these ones also had a lot of prey on them. So, I like seeing prey. I was happy to see this one. This one didn't feel as bad, but there's one card in particular I want to call out. That is pretty boy because this one was... I had to do a double take on this one, How what he did. So... This is um, this is where Investigate really comes in handy. Definitely. Yeah, because it's fight. discard the top card of your deck. If it has a recruit icon, you get plus recruit. Cool. And the villain preys on the fewest, covert. Like, wait, what? He prays again, so he can come back, almost like come back from dead. Uh, so you have to find him again. He's only two attack, but he can be a nuisance if you're not prepared for him.
0: It feels a lot like Iron Spider from the Civil War set, which kind of keeps coming back as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I could imagine this being really fun in a big multiplayer game because they will just hop around, <laughs> <For sure>. <laughs> <laughs> depending on what you have, right? Um, when you fight them. but uh I, I so as far as the whole villain group quickly, um I feel about this villain group, how kinda how I feel about Prey, which is I think pretty great for multiplayer, but it felt a little weaker for solo play. Sure. I, I like the the prey effects for the purifiers did a lot more for me. But at the same time, this is this is the multiplayer effect everybody and jump around and, and do different things. Uh I think uh, the first card you showed is uh the most damaging one because I can KO one of your non-grays. Oh, yeah. But everything else I I felt like I didn't have to pay too much attention to didn't hurt me. Yeah. Donald Pierce is the one I really want to avoid. Who's the strongest one makes sense. Agreed. But everything else, uh, again, if the scheme doesn't call for it, if it doesn't make me avoid escapes and and whatnot, uh, I, I didn't pay too much attention to, but I, I I love this for multiplayer. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yep. Cool. Let's jump to the big bads. Let me start with, uh, let's start with, well, since we did the reverse last, let's start with Lady Deathstrike. with there, so, I was let's see so, yeah that's right side. I was like oh she's eight attack that's not too high That's a not high not too too strong but then I realized how devastating that is with the prey ability like it's so hard to stop her finish the prey effect even with the eight attack you, you, she was more devastating than I expected when I played against her.
0: Um she is out of the three she's my least favorite I really enjoy what she does though. Mm-hmm. Um. I've played against her and her epic side, and the epic side actually feels better to me, feels more optimal. Um, Eight was a... I understand why she's a cost of eight. Yeah, So it's 11, and she has a bit of a more damaging... She gives you a couple of wounds instead of just one. And especially playing within this set because of all the investigate and the KO power you do have, I felt like the epic side was a good... uh, was a better challenge for for me uh, playing against her. But uh, I do love the fact how... It's ideal to hit her while she's praying because she has one tactic that can go back, uh, shuffled back in if she's not praying. Uh, the other one can mess with the other player if she was not currently praying. So lying in wait and waiting for her, like, should I hit her now or should I wait till she's already praying? That's the fun decision for me here. Yeah, I also agree that she was. I enjoyed her,
1: but she also was my least favorite of the three masterminds.
0: And again, that could be part of the, you know... You, you play co-op, but it uh, mm-hmm. could be part of the solo thing. But uh, as far as the balance, I enjoyed playing her epic side a lot more. Yeah. yeah, I And it's not that I didn't like the Prey. Like, the Prey
1: and the co-op was really fun. But, like, I think the other Masterminds did things that were cooler, I guess. Or more fun. Yeah. So, that's what it comes down to it.
0: She's not bad at all. It's just, you know... Right. If you're, t- if you're comparing them. For sure. Uh, Let me
1: jump to probably the next one that... Uh, I thought it was – speaking of the low low attack values, Bastion came out. And it's like, oh, four attack for a Was What is this? This is not going to – this is horrible. Like, what's going on here? But then I realized that he literally just summons a bunch of additional masterminds, which was really, really cool. I enjoyed playing against him a lot. He was fun.
0: I, I love cards that – like the clone card distribution that just – Kind of mess with the game structure and take things out of left to left field. Mm-hmm. This is a very inspired mastermind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to be one of my favorites in the entire game now just because of the flavor. It feels like you're hitting so many, uh, <laughs> you're hitting a bunch of different hordes of things. The epic side really ramps it up, uh, works with sentinels that already exist, mm-hmm. uh, gets bystanders involved. I'm wondering if, and, and the tactics are all different. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Bastion might have started out as. Uh, villain group kind of like timelines of kang i don't know if that's the case but i'm glad it's this with the tactics being different forms of bastion Mm -hmm. Uh, can't say enough good things about this this mastermind my favorite yeah he's a lot of fun
1: loved it It, it's just and it's interesting too because like as they appear there's windows of opportunity where you can maybe win the game if you if you can take out these last two and meanwhile the the city's filling up as you're trying to to do it. if you don't do it, then you got all these uh, you, you have to build back up to it, right because he spawns even more masterminds. I, I really enjoyed him. It's so, super cool.
2: big really fun.: uh, yeah, um, good. I, I think hes he's uh, probably the he might be the most flashy in the mm-hmm. set because he he just kind of fills the board on his own, mm-hmm. right um, And he gives you that really interesting dilemma of when you have so many targets. Which one do you hit? Yeah, right. Do you try and take him out while you can, or do you take out one of the, you know, one of his tactic masterminds that you just have to hit once and then just stop that, stop them from piling on yet another master strike effect? Mm-hmm. Because individually they're not bad, but they if they pile up, <laughs> you can find yourself overwhelmed very quickly.
0: Exactly. And this is one where uh, Shatter does the least to Bastion. Because everything's already kind of weak and there's a lot of them. And shattered, you know, shattering the mastermind. I think that shatters all the masterminds. If you it says shatter the mastermind, or do you pick one? I don't recall.
2: So um, there, were, there was a clarification in Annihilation um, because of the scheme where you have multiple villain decks. And it said whenever something refers to the thing, and there's usually only one of that thing in the game, you pick one. Mm -hmm. right so like if it says investigate the villain deck and you have five villain decks investigate one villain deck so i would assume that it means it it also said this includes masterminds so if it says shatter the mastermind you pick a mastermind Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Mm -hmm. well there you go yeah so shatter is powerful but not as powerful against against bastion so i like how he has his own strengths and weaknesses in the unique way the uh he builds up his his army there
1: the last one We've mentioned before, and saving the best for last, probably <laughs> here is the big guy, Exodus. Look at that number, thirty-two fight. <laughs> oh my goodness! My wife, like, it's like, wait, what? That yes, thirty fight, thirty fight. This guy's, he is tough. He's a tough one to deal. He's, it's interesting because, like, I when you're playing against him, yeah, you can take him down, you win, but it's a long, it's a long haul to get to the, the stage where you can finally hit him the first time. It's so satisfying when you do, because you need to have the right combination of. Enough attack, and also enough recruit to shatter him enough so he's actually he actually deal damage to him.
0: Um, I kind of feel the opposite way to uh, Lady Deathstrike, where the regular Mastermind is the perfect level of challenge, and then his Epic is just absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. um, I was I played against Epic Exodus this, uh, last night, um, and uh, let's say he three Master Strikes has been played. You need five recruit to shatter him each time. So just to get him down to nine attack, that's ten recruit. And having 10 recruit and then 9 attack also available is very unlikely. So he is a huge challenge. But just playing against his standard is a lot of fun. By the way, I love how his epic adds a different mechanic. It adds an immortality stack. It doesn't even exist on the standard side. And that's not something you see. So kind of like Bastion adding a new twist to the difference between uh, a mastermind and an epic mastermind. Um, but, uh, it's a new, it's a fun new way to weaken the mastermind, the standard one. It feels like cosmic threat on Galactus where you need to have, uh, multiples of a hero class or size changing where you need to have different hero classes, except it's a little easier to entry since you just have to spend recruit. You don't need a bunch of different hero classes, but you do need to have the recruit in order to do that. So, um, I like the twist on that a lot. Sure.
2: He's an, um, if I'm not a huge X-Men fan, so I believe that he's an Omega level mutant, right? Is, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was um, working for Magneto on his asteroid M, I believe.
2: Yeah, I remember that from way back in like the '90s or so. Um, but I mean, this is this is almost what you should expect for an Omega level mutant, mm-hmm. right? They're supposed to be the most powerful, like crazy power level kind of characters, and he's that, right? You see that thirty-two, mm-hmm. and it's gonna sh- it's gonna scare you.
0: I appreciate how. Not all masterminds are created equal in Legendary uh, because they really don't need to be because the masterminds can, uh, based on what you pick or what you randomize, it can kind of give you a hint at how the challenge level of the game is going to be, right? So if you go against one of the core masterminds from the base set, it's going to be an easier game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you go against somebody like Exodus, you know it's going to be tougher and there's all kinds of difficulty levels in between. And it's just another factor that alters the game. It doesn't always have to be the same amount of difficulty each time, uh, which I think have that's uh some people's hang up but it's not necessary it, it's more fun if you have you know a different challenge level sometimes and exodus is another another notch in that option <laughs> that that pool of options that you can have Agreed. as a, one of the more tougher masterminds yeah
1: Definitely. yeah he's a fun I will enjoy him quite a bit um i do want to end this up in this chat soon here uh we'll go over the next two topics real fast uh but we know we mentioned the schemes. I do I do wanna mention them again real quick, how they work. We have a veiled scheme and unveiled side. So this was this was something I did not expect at all. But for example, like this one, when you get to twist four, it says you this transforms into a random unveiled scheme, do this twist effect, which would you shuffle them up and I'll just flip this one over, over for example, but now you see what, what is actually gonna happen uh, with all those schemes you have. Oh sorry, all those twists you have stacked to it, and they do a lot of other random effects. I I both, I both really like it, and also there's a, a part of me that doesn't quite like it, because I, I like how I don't know what's happening, but at the same time, is it, it doesn't really have a very strong connection to me when I'm just stacking twists next to it, and then, and, then, and then those twists don't necessarily make sense to me in the story I'm building in my mind while I'm playing this game. Um, but
0: regardless, it's still fun. Yeah, I get that. That's kind of what I mentioned before where they're all kind of similar in that way because yeah. they kind of have to be. Right. But uh, I think that's offset by just the uh, the novelty of it and the fact that you have with four unveiled and four veiled, you have 16 combinations. And uh, if you add another expansion with the same, that's 64 combinations, which is great. And I know um, uh, Jason's been running legendary leagues for a long time. I started running a league maybe last year and uh, this just makes our jobs harder <laughs> with trying to run these leagues because so yeah uh, if I'm doing a league I don't want people to know what the unveiled scheme is before it's time so how do I tell them what the setup is right. <laughs> And so that just adds an uh, interesting interesting twist but uh, I, I get the criticisms and I kind of feel that way but just because this is one set of schemes amongst the many many schemes already in Legendary uh, it, it is negligible to me I agree especially the last
1: segment like totally fine with having happens in there there's so many schemes that already do that other story part i'm fine with having more of these it's fun
0: it's a lot of fun even if you just have the core set there's so many different varieties of schemes within the core set itself exactly Uh, i think the schemes in the core set are one of the strongest parts of the core set and uh you already have that variety there so this is just a it just adds a facet
2: to it for me personally i really like the the expansion where we get like an occasional bit of Uh, hidden random information right so things like uh from fear itself there was the uru enchanted weapons like Mm -hmm. i'm going to fight this but then it's going to get a boost that i don't see coming right or uh contest of champions some people like it some people don't but i actually like it for that little bit of randomness that it introduces into a game when other otherwise it kind of know what to expect this takes it to another level mm-hmm. right i don't know how i'm gonna lose the game that's a big deal mm-hmm. and that makes these really exciting for me i really like them i definitely understand like yeah they all kind of get set up the same way but the dis the distractions that they give you on the veiled side and that's basically what they are right they're introducing some sort of distraction to keep you busy from doing other things because you don't want to have one of those twists get stacked up. Those distractions, uh, well, yeah, so the more twists get stacked up, the worse it's gonna be for you when it flips over, right? I really, really (laughs) like the way that these kind of come together. Mm -hmm. I I think Devin's in chat
0: Uh, (laughs) right now hello oh nice (laughs) welcome um so yeah I, i i get that i've heard you know i know there's people like to play these kind of games for different reasons and some people like to min max and make the uh hero deck as powerful as possible and they also don't necessarily like the random elements that you mentioned because they want to know what's coming but i'm not as strongly on the the camp as you are like you like the random elements i'm more leaning towards your side though where legendary is you know there's luck there's a lot of luck involved a lot of randomness involved and that's yeah. kind of you know it's a deck builder that's what you get so uh that's why i like the things like these uh these veiled and unveiled schemes because uh if you go in there with the schema of expecting randomness as part of the strategy you're not going to be able to control everything that's not the point of the game exactly. uh then you'll appreciate these
1: exactly yeah and i think uh just to be clear like I'm, I'm not saying that the the randomness I'm totally fine with because like you said this is kind of a deck building game it's more the like story like, sometimes, like, I, the story trying to tie between what's happening in the beginning and the end of this, like, mechanically, I love how it works, but, like, the story of it, I, I struggle with making that story in my head, and it's just how my mind works, but yeah. So,
0: like, if it's, a Raid Jane Banks 2, and then you pick, uh... Open rifts to future timelines. Yeah, exactly. Like I can, I can see myself coming up with something for that. Like you might have to stretch, but it feels like you know comic books do that. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, like, oh, how does that happen? It, it, you know, it's secondary to me, but I think I can put something together. So um, I get that though. Yep.
1: And I feel like the the other ones are a little more strongly for me. Like I can kind of understand why this twists are doing that, but it's it's a minor point to uh, mechanic that I, despite my thematic like quibble there, I love how they work mechanically. It's a lot of
2: fun.
0: Yeah, it's I think it's I think it's super cool. It's a Definitely. it's a way to make twists a little more interesting um or you know, schemes a little more interesting. For sure. Yeah. Do thematically
2: for thematically for me, I always view it as that veiled side, that first side is just it's a distraction, yeah. right? It is it is the weed up like first issue, like uh side plot, you know, or like the opening few pages of an issue that are just keeping the heroes busy. While something else is going on somewhere else, definitely. If
0: you think about it, this is like this is one of the first sets of schemes that actually lives up to the name "scheme twist," because mm-hmm. that last twist on the veiled side is a huge scheme twist. Because literally, you twist the scheme into something else. So that I like that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes it puts a whole new meaning to the to the card mechanic. Oh, actually, something
1: just just dawned me just now the the scheme transforms into a random unveiled scheme that keyword isn't mentioned in the rules is it not that it's a huge deal but like interesting it's there
0: is it not because i know it comes from uh the transforming schemes were in revelations correct
2: i believe that's correct yes Yes. yeah yeah Yeah. and then world war hulk had the transforming masterminds Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Yeah, it just in the rules under veiled and unveiled schemes it 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 says the quote, this scheme transforms into a random unveiled schemes. And then it says that means, so it tells you what it means. Um, it is bold because it is a keyword that was used before, but it doesn't, since I think it only applies to the veiled and unveiled schemes, it, no need to separate what transform means. It's just part of, you know, the same veiled, unveiled mechanic. Exactly. Yeah. It's obviously
1: what it does, but I was just noticing that just now. So yeah, that's a good point. Cool. Okay. Last thing we mentioned mention real quick. And it's been a long one, but you guys are awesome. Been having This has been a great chat. The sidekicks, a lot of fun sidekicks in here I love seeing special sidekicks. Um, but some of them will really stand out to me and
0: I think there's two of them I would say they're, they're all, all of them are fun but um, I, I just it, it's a blast that the sidekick stack is now like the same size as the officer stack and I'm one of those people who uses all this uh, I have a giant stack of bystanders I use every single one all the time you do <laughs> so me too. Uh, it's it's a, it's a treat to have more of these
1: for sure uh, man I don't yeah, someone really cool like Rock Slide, Shatter a villain. That's cool. Like that's very useful. But um, the one that really jumped. Go ahead.
0: I was just saying it was good. I think uh, Prodigy is a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. Yes. I'll pull him
1: up. He is really really cool.
0: Play this card. It's a copy of another hero you played this turn that cost six
1: or less, so you can just copy another one. So that is so many possibilities with them. Really really fun.
0: I yeah. yeah I look... Being able to copy powers without a copy powers hero. Yeah, it's hard to argue how powerful that is exactly for two
1: <laughs>
2: like oh yes what a
1: lottery in this one <laughs> yeah this
2: think... is the card that i used in my playthrough to copy sirens uncommon and double shatter the city
0: oh <laughs> wow great. okay yeah. i think um i think Rusty is probably the the, the weakest psyche but that's uh, that's okay because uh again like the random element of this game there's no guarantee you'll see any of these right um <laughs> you just recruit from the stack and it's fun to just get to, they don't all have to be the same balance they're they're not super strong because you do with the exception of boom boom they all go back once you play them um but uh, rock slider is great shattering a villain maybe at the right time uh layla miller works well um if i was doing a mono team deck and it almost always worked mm-hmm. uh, also investigate lets you look at the top there's just um, so much variety here and uh, i love how we have our first two tech sidekicks the pet avengers don't have any tech in them, sure. uh, so that's great. I was hoping we'd see we'd see one of those. We got two.
1: Rockside flare attacks. Ooh, I love, let's look at that again. I don't know if I. If I love out. a good.
0: I love a good pun. That's great. <laughs> Danger brawling rocks. That's amazing. <laughs> I think Boom Boom is still my favorite sidekick, even though I understand how powerful Prodigy is, just because of the versatility she provides. Um, I used her to hit a mastermind the other day by using her four attack because it just gave me that attack I needed. I took the wound, but it was worth it. Um, I used her uh, time bomb effect to uh, to uh, save a hero class I needed for a trigger for next turn. Uh, I, she's she's just my favorite because of the versatility. She's my favorite Richter. too
1: for the same reason. Now, like yeah. I was able to do the nice thing is like I was playing with her with I'll, I'll close other card real quick. Uh, Richter's uh unearth Tectonic Power, right? Uh, investigate for a card that costs blue and instinct. And by the way, you put her on top of the deck, I'm guaranteed to get her, and I can see my next card. And then I can investigate for whatever that one is. I got a
0: free peek, free basically. She's also, yeah. She's also great for things like uh, Stepford Cuckoo's Tactical Formation, because yeah. um, you can reveal her as part of the formation, and then put her back by playing Time Bomb.
1: Oh, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So many cool things you can do with her. I like her a lot. Oh, Scalable Boom boom helps with yeah, Silver's Duel. If you really need that for yeah, attack, to prevent attack. something, yeah, that's true. That would work. Excellent. Um, yeah, we that was a long one. We went through everything. You guys want to share
0: your final thoughts on this expansion? What are you guys thinking? Find this. Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, right. I love how much I know how much game twisting elements are packed into this expansion. Um, she was one of her nicknames. Reading the chat. Oh yeah, one of her nicknames. Well, reading the comics was fun because she keeps changing her nickname, so that's perfect. That's true. Um, I I I basically went into the set not really having any expectations because uh, I knew a medium box is going to have henchmen. I didn't know it was going to have sidekicks till later, but once those were revealed, I was excited about those. And uh, I this is going to sound weird, but I didn't expect it to be as fun in its variety as it is. There's so much variety, and like I said, this expansion to me is all about choices. The game is already about choices, and this expansion just ramps it up so much more. So maybe if you're, <laughs> if you're a person like me who uh, loves having lots of different options and really uh, focusing on what's the best, because it, it gives you more control. Like, there's a random element in Legendary. You don't know what's coming in the villain deck. You could have a bad shuffle. You could have uh, not the cards you want in the Hero Deck aren't showing up. But this puts a lot more of the responsibility on you because of the choices you're making. Am I going to shadow those villains? Am I going to investigate and take this card? Um, am I going to uh, uh, get this sidekick, special sidekick, or or uh, go for this this uh, multiple man only deck? And uh, it makes you feel it makes it makes you feel more uh, uh, a sense of satisfaction when it, you pull it off because you had more input in the decisions of what happened. And that's kind of how I felt about. It. And yeah, uh, like Excalibur says, breaking the rules with the uh, uh with the clone hero costs uh breaking the rules a little bit with uh and these are unwritten rules and no, nobody said they couldn't happen mm-hmm. uh with the schemes and everything uh adds that variety and there's so much in here that is gonna be so much fun to throw into randomizer uh sets including everything with shatter including mr sinister clones that uh uh this is a this is a wonderful expansion. I can't recommend it enough.
1: Yeah, and like Scalicour's uh comment there it shouldn't be, but still mind blown, right? Yeah. Of things, and I, I think that's a really good summary of my thoughts of this too. Just like, like, oh, great, that's a really cool idea. I like that a lot. Tackle formation, that's really fun. I like that a lot. Oh wait, unbuild schemes, and like, it just goes on and on. There's so they pack so many really cool concepts that are really fun into this 200 card pack. I'm. I'm really impressed with this one. I enjoyed it quite a
0: bit. And I'll, I'll mention one more thing quickly: is that the theming, the fact that it's uh, built around one story arc and one group of heroes. Um, Revelations wasn't that way. I did like I, I liked the Revelations a lot. The one thing it didn't have going for it is how do these heroes all fit together at the same time? A lot of they were Avengers, so that makes sense. But this one just um, ramps that up with uh, anybody who's an X-Men fan or a fan of uh, X Factor Investigations in particular. This is just a, it's a, a super condensed when it comes to. These stories and these heroes and these classic X Men villains, and uh, that's a really neat aspect of it too. Sure.
2: Yeah, but Revelations had Hellcat, so
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that
2: outweighs everything. I'm totally wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, I'll, from from my point of view, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, after we had played through all of the sets that were supposed to come out last year, uh-huh. I was talking with another playtester, and I said, "What do you think your favorite sets of the year are?" And I act. I said, mine were Annihilation and MCU Guardians. And he said, Messiah Complex and Doctor Strange. And then we both agreed, these are all really, really good sets. Oh. They really are. We are, in, you guys are just, oh, you don't know. Um, <laughs> but that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, because Devin's watching. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: um but but they really are. Um, the, this set does so much stuff to throw those those uh, standards out the window, yeah. and do it in fun, interesting ways. Yeah. Um, when we were working on Realm of Kings, I made a suggestion for Crystal to say, "Hey, what if what if we played with this a little bit and gave her, you know, changed her card structure and said." Uh, why don't you have one class of one card of each of the four main colors and then have a fifth card for her rare that brings them all together and Devin said i've got an idea already of where i'm going to play with that and so it came together here and it came together really well Mm -hmm. i really do like a lot of the stuff in the set even though i'm not an x-men fan so it doesn't resonate with me as thematically as it will for other people, but for me, I'm much more about, like, mechanically, on the table, what, is this, what does this game do? How does it play? And there's so much interesting stuff happening in this box.
0: And uh, those things aren't something that you could do unless you were, like, 20 expansions in, because there's so much established, you know, following a certain set of guidelines and and veering off in different ways to change up the game, but... You wouldn't want to do something like this that early in a game cycle, right? But 20 expansions over 20 expansions later, you can change things up in a big way, and so that seems like the natural direction for something like this to go. And uh, I'm glad it did.
1: Very cool. Yeah, this was a fun one. I really like this one. I can't wait to see more coming down the pipes for this one, this game.
0: Love it. Really push an envelope. You make me extra excited. I know. Extra excited for the other other expansions coming, but uh, as I always always do. (laughs) <laughs> as i always do i will watch with great interest
1: exactly excellent well this has been going on for a while you guys have been awesome thank you so much Bagotop games and jason you guys were a blast to have on really appreciate you taking time to join me
0: yeah thanks so much for having me yeah
1: thanks it was a lot of fun cool excellent well end of the stream if you guys like this thing let us know we'll try maybe we can get back and maybe review the next ones as they come out but it's been fun I'll see everyone at the next stop bye bye